Hey everybody, this is Lady H here. Lady D is on hiatus. And with me, I have hmm, my podcast cousin from another. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I was about to get real ignorant. Um, it is five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. I have wine. And my guest has, what do you have? I got, I got a little dark liquor. Okay. Do y'all know that voice? You should. <laughs> it is Rain. You see? Yes, 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 yes. Happy to be here. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. So let me give you all the tea. <laughs> As you know, the Ebonauts launched, which is our book club. For our summer read, we decided to read Tia Williams's The Perfect Find. As you would have heard by now, we did a podcast because we watched the movie and talked about the book. Now, that one with the great Maurice, Madame Lizette, and Lady D, you know, we talked about it all combined. Mr. Rain was supposed to make that one, but we had some scheduling difficulties. Mm-hmm. And if he thought he was just going to get away in life <laughs> without giving his opinion, no. Mm-hmm. Come on, going down like that. So he's graciously found another time to meet with us so that we can talk about the book and the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, we have been discussing it off air, how we were going to do it so that it's not just what you've already heard part two. And we decided to talk about the book first and then get into the movie why is that your vote because for me it's it's something else in its entirety being a nerd and at this point i don't even know if i can blame it on that because i was doing this as a kid but it is the same story in different mediums with different influences not even just the time period in the book versus the movie but just as two pieces of media the movie is not a beat for beat interpretation of the book Mm -hmm. and the book being the like source material as we've seen with all of these superhero movies and even just movies in general what you get on screen is going to be different even if just slightly from the source material. And with this being a book by a black woman turned movie directed by a black woman, I definitely, I want to split them up. We got to, you know, you got to compare and contrast. You got to, you got to, what is it? Sister, sister it up or something. You got, it's, it has to be two. (laughs) I totally agree with that. And to me, it also comes down to access. Mm. Netflix is tripping. A -hmm. lot of people, have canceled their subscription or Mm -hmm. will cancel their subscription or was um, password sharing, Mm -hmm. whatever. They may not have Netflix to view the movie, but they may have the book or have access to the book because it's available at your library or you can get it at a bookstore. You could borrow it from a friend. So I do want to honor that you will get two different experiences and also Vice versa, you may have Netflix, but your library system may not have purchased the perfect find. So you mm-hmm. may not have access to the book. Mm-hmm. So for those reasons, in addition to yours, I would like to split it up. So you're going to get a little different discussion from what you have already heard when you have 
the discussion was about the perfect fine TM book and movie. So <laughs> to get started, shall we start with the book? Sure. I'm reading from the back of the book. Jenna Jones, 40-year-old former It Girl fashion editor, is broke and desperate for a second chance. When she's dumped by her longtime fiancé and fired from Darling Magazine, she's hired at an online fashion site by the publisher, her old arch nemesis, Darcy Vale. But Jenna soon realizes she's in over her head. She's working with digital savvy millennials half her age. She has never even Twittered and pretends to still be a fashion somebody while living a style lie. Her designer wardrobe has been replaced by Walmart's finest. Worse, the 20-something videographer assigned to shoot her digital series is driving her crazy. Wildly sexy with a smile Jenna feels in her thighs, Eric Combs is way off limits, but almost too delicious to resist. Will Jenna risk it all for a lusty secret romance with the one person who could destroy her comeback for good? Mm. Okay. I definitely wanted to read that because as we know, it's different. So what did you Mm. think of this book? I enjoyed it. I truly had a good time reading that book. Um, I consumed it in audiobook version, Mm -hmm. but I, I had a great time. And I want to say audiobooks are legitimate reading, just mm-hmm. FYI, because I know that becomes the conversation in book spaces too. It's legitimate. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, but I had a really good time reading it. I felt I was planted firmly in the past. And it was <laughs> almost heartbreaking that the past is like my early 20s and <laughs> not because i'm scared of getting old but mm-hmm. i am just so used to saying back in the day being the 80s and now we're was it 30 years away from the 80s like no man. no it's 40 because i was born yeah. in 1980 oh. proper oh, <laughs> i will see. be 43 this year so oh, 40 see, yeah. years <laughs> see it's oh my god so it's so interesting being in this space consuming media that harkens back to back in the day Mm -hmm. and it be something that i can like fully pull memories from i remember sitting in clark atlanta's library signing up for twitter when it first became available Mm -hmm. like i remember doing that and talking to my like so reading this book was not so much a walk down memory lane beat for beat from the story but it really captured something that makes me excited for Tia and excited for her work like I haven't had an emotional connection to a piece of like literary work in a while like it's been tv shows and movies and stuff so Mm -hmm. this so I I enjoyed it I had a good time and can we just talk about the fact that I said twittered and in this day and age is it x'd it's not always be twitter Oh yeah, won't it though? But still, you talk about—I mean, just the presence of this book, mm-hmm. where how things move so quickly past you. Mm-hmm. Where I can say, yeah, I used to tweet, and next thing you know, um, you're like my soon-to-be thirteen-year-old commit. You mean X'd? Mm-hmm. You, and I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So. It's just like, yeah, even though you think you're on it, 
time waits for no one. Fads Mm -mm. come and go. So it Mm -hmm. is really easy to become a relic in a blink of an eye. Which, saying that makes me wonder, and this may be a little off topic, but walk with me. Mm -hmm. When we have stuff like taking uh, my Dark Academia, which is an aesthetic turn genre to an extent, Mm-hmm. I wonder if with everything that Elon and the buffoons then did with Twitter turning over to X and Twitter being the one social media site that has really carried a lot of cultures, even more so than Instagram and pretty pictures. I wonder if this time period of the beginning of Twitter, the rise and fall of Twitter itself will become a marker for a genre. So like 30 years from now, are you able to then collect by across races, um, nationalities, disabilities, all of that, any books that may mention either heavily or just a bit Twitter itself and then see how that's kind of a time capsule for like your children's children to say, oh, books from. 09 to you know 2023 like is that now going to become what dark academia has become like this twitter genre of literature i think that's a really good question and and i may have a portion of the answer Mm. so social media studies started really by tracking hashtags Mm -hmm. and conversations and you can't talk about the Black Lives Matter movement mm. without talking about the power of Twitter and the True. immediacy of it and how it was used to organize. Mm-hmm. You can't really, and I mean, even before that, Arab Spring, mm. right? Mm-hmm. But Twitter discourse is in the Library of Congress. So, come on. Because our presidents tweeted. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. 44, President Barack Obama, and the indicted Donald Trump, mm-hmm. right? The oft invited <laughs> Donald Trump. Full time, full time. No, let me, mm-hmm. let me stop. Uh, so there is this point, and when Twitter became privately owned by Elon Musk, there were lots of people asking a question about the archiving of Twitter Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because so much has happened, like the discourse, the threads, the, uh, the political movement. I mean, just think about Twitter is a tastemaker, especially black Twitter Yep, where news sources mine Twitter for stories. Mm -hmm. So they, it, it, that's 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 the new source. So I think that yeah, this this time period will become a genre in its own sense because there there is a way back machine. I mean, just think mm-hmm. about how collectively we we gathered around live tweeting mm-hmm. and how that created community, right? <laughs> and just thinking, oh, we're taping this right after. Donald Trump has been indicted four times. Mm -hmm. And I know that on Discord, I was like, you know, this looks really familiar. And then I found a clip from Scandal. I I was, yeah. You know, when Mm -hmm. they had their meeting for rigging the election Mm -hmm. for Fitz the first year. God, that, ooh, plot twist. Yes, I remember. 
I guess spoiler alert. Sorry for people who didn't watch Scandal and may like want to. Years ago. I know, right? But right. it's like I'm only yeah. telling you a little bit. I didn't say who was involved, and, you know, and all that other stuff, and and the fallout, and who knows. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it happened, and it would be really interesting to go back for that, and you, which you can do for that Thursday when that episode dropped and yep. check the scandal hashtag and see what the conversation and the attitudes mm-hmm. were about presidential election rigging mm-hmm. and compare it to discourse from what is being said to a real life yep. scandal. So, I mean, the value, the academic value of Twitter is incalculable. Mm-mm. And that was one of the things that people like, listen, there are people, there's threads and people who have died yeah. and those tweets are, are archived with you that really and truly should not be deleted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, watch this space. This is something to kind of look forward to and, and consider, but I will use that as a launching off point back to you about one of the critiques Mm -hmm. that I saw about this book was the fact that it is so 2012. How is that? It is such a time capsule. It's 2023. So you're talking about 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And some people felt like this book was dated. But what's wrong with If you read Pride and Prejudice, that book is dated. Mm-hmm. So what's the problem? I don't, I never understood that because I even had my own issues with some of my writing. Cause I had, I've been writing since I was a child and mm-hmm. I updated a book that I wrote my freshman year in high school. And I was like, but why should I have to change from, you know, black planet, which I was using back then and then updated to Twitter? no, I wrote this back in like early 2000s. These people were reading Black Planet. So I don't, what is the inherent problem with dating a book? What's the problem with a living time capsule? You can't ask me because I read historicals. Mm. And I don't have a problem with it because I like it. I mm-hmm. like the authenticity of mm-hmm. it. You know, I was as I mentioned, born in 1980, right? Mm -hmm. If I was to write a book in 1980, it would be through my imagination because I was born in August of 1980. Mm -hmm. So that means I literally a baby and not there and only really (laughs) alive for four months of 1980, right? So everything else I would have to glean from interviews, from Mm -hmm. TV and books you know to try Mm -hmm. to figure out what was hot at that time what were people listening to on the radio what was going to be played on solid gold or american (laughs) bandstand you know like what was if and you know i'm saying those things because that's early 80s but i have no idea if they were actually on air in 1980 you know, because mm-hmm. it could have literally been 81. But see, that's the type of thing that you need to verify. So when you mm-hmm. have a book that is literally like, yeah, I'm writing t- about it today so that for someone else to come in history or, you know, later our children find it, whatever, they can really get a slice of life mm-hmm. from a black woman's perspective. So what was it like for a black woman in fashion in New York in 2012? 
Right. Here's an account. Which, again, I don't see the problem. And, okay, to kind of take it back to the Twitter conversation, but Mm -hmm. not. I don't see the problem with dating it because history has shown us that we are not considered. So I'll, I'll give you an example here. I'm working on a Love Jones video. Mm-hmm. And it's like a dissecting Love Jones and like how I, how I relate to the movie and how that influences my romance stories that I write. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I'm looking for rom-coms and romances that have black people that are enemies to lovers or that are friends to lovers or whatever. And no matter how many Google searches I do, the exhaustive list of 50 plus movies are all white. Mm-hmm. So how like it would benefit me to have a Tia Williams-esque book or short film, indie film, or something made from that perspective so that I can break down, okay, this is Love Jones, but this is also an addition. I don't I don't want to have to look up Bridget Jones' Diary and 51st Dates. I don't want to have to look at that. So making something dated doesn't do anything but advance our cultural conversations. Mm-hmm. So like, like with Twitter, like you said, people who have died, when you look back and the history books are written by the victors twitter is not going to look the same to someone who's born in 2063 mm-hmm. who wasn't here so the work is to even if that's not your intention as a writer but you like to write stuff you like to write books where beyonce renaissance happened this year mm-hmm. so you include that in your book or like Issa ray including beachella and in, what was that season two of insecure like you're grounding it in a space that only helps us. Mm-hmm. So to complain about it is like either you're not looking further enough in the future or you don't understand the significance of even if this ain't the, the author's intention, putting uh, Donald Trump, a character saw Donald Trump get indicted and then they had tickets to re- Renaissance the next day and then they went to work and oh wow at work they still testing us for COVID like that's three huge things mm-hmm. to put into a story mm-hmm. from a black and I'll even include POC perspective mm-hmm. for future uh, folks to, so yeah I'm yeah cool. what was it yeah what was it like if you did not if you do not have someone you can ask mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what Precisely. is it like from different people's perspectives mm-hmm. it is really invaluable and, and to take it even further and hammer a point mm-hmm. in academia so much of the problem that we have in classic texts mm-hmm. is the fact that it comes from a white gaze mm-hmm. even if you if you're not in hbcu even if you are in hbcu depending on who is on staff yes um and who reads your your work, um, your dissertation, your research, your, I can't even think, Keystone, Mm -hmm. um, you know, project that you do, it really does come down to what will people approve and how Mm -hmm. were you advised, Mm -hmm. right? And what works are considered legitimate and which works aren't. And so the problem then becomes with Black people who's already or people of color 
who and I'm talking about true people of color, not mm-hmm. um not um I'm yellow facing. Shout mm-hmm. out to that book. Not uh, I married a <laughs> oh, come I married on. a person of color, so my name sounds ethnic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking about true. You know, like your grandmama and them, you know, like would have would have had some issues living in America, moving around freely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about like that type of people of color. When you bring about your research and your perspective, it sometimes get dismissed as me search and biased. And your research is supposed to be objective. And it's just like, you how's white supremacy objective so how do you go to some land and call people savages and that's Mm. objective it's not you know Mm -hmm. so uh so i say all that to say that it as many people of color and in the margins can get stories and data from authentic and true perspectives and lift up those voices so that people have them for research in the future and to understand and to to track trends because you know what we always say people who mm-hmm. don't know the history are doomed to repeat it right mm-hmm. and as we know some people have a real big problem with the truth come on florida said that slavery benefited black people Girl. that's news to me as a black person and by everybody. the way my four grandparents are black mm-hmm all right, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to see. Let me get real black and say we got some Indy in our family somewhere. No, I'm. Still I too. mean, even that. <laughs> I do, even, I do, I do. But still, <laughs> even with that, it's oh wait, the way indigenous folks. Mm, but yes, yeah, I, the way you. that people in Hawaii praying for you, Maui, Woo! and the Kingdom of Hawaii were treated like how? Oh, I just it's white supremacy is insidious. It is absolutely fucking disgusting, and it has permeated every single aspect of life. And for someone, and maybe this isn't their intention with having that as a critique of the book, but to get upset that a book set in 2012 feels very 2012, it feels a lot like you don't understand the impacts of what like what what ideally what would happen hey it's 2012 and then you never mention the type of apple phone you never mention i don't know what a pre post 9 11 world feel like what, what do you want from a book like i don't know you know like the soundtrack right and the thing mm-hmm. about it is we have so many one hit wonders we have so mm-hmm. many people the history forgets again us talking about today meaning 2023 and it being August in 2023. Mm -hmm. And it is generally accepted that August 11th is the birth of hip hop. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about 50 years of hip hop, right? And the issues that people are having is that, um, besides the fact that a lot of men with misogynistic lyrics are being heralded and how uneven the ratio between men to female MCs mm-hmm. have been throughout history. Part of the problem is so many femcs weren't recorded, weren't lifted up, weren't right. acknowledged properly. Right. And if you could get a book set in, let's say 1998, that's the year I graduated high school, and you talk mm-hmm. about um, like a, a a rapper who had like one hit, 
and who's not really remembered now because it was mm -hmm. only one hit or you know like mm, let me take a little back a little further adina howard's freak like me Ooh. when that came out in 1994 you couldn't tell nobody nothing at all right but she only had that one hit let me talk let me go to um like my 25 year old and say so i'm a freak in the morning a freak in the mm -hmm. evening nick or looking me like first of all inappropriate <laughs> second of all the fuck are you talking about? Because that's not a song that he would have grown up yeah. hearing. You know, mm -hmm. maybe once in a while, but not enough mm -hmm. where it's a thing, right? But it was huge yeah, back then. So if Ooh. you have somebody referencing it, you know, that song or, mm -hmm. you know, like she, she, she too, like that was the time where black women like Holly Berry and Tony Braxton had that short haircut. Yes. Yes, and she did, <laughs> you know, and it was like it was a thing. It was yes. a real thing about black women. Yes, and what we consider attractive and what mm -hmm. didn't, and you know, and who were the influences and why? Like, you need that type of a thing. So essentially, what we're saying is that we need books like Tia Williams' Perfect Fine and mm -hmm. seven days in june because that was mm -hmm. a complaint there too mm -hmm. and just to have people be cultural observers of the time and preserve it for us from a black perspective yes and if you are thinking about writing or you are an author we need you to do the same from your perspectives as well yes don't be afraid to do it please don't be afraid don't be afraid baby yeah that? Yes. so mm -hmm. let's talk about the book we have our main character our heroine jj jenna jones when we meet her she has broken up with brian her mm -hmm. white boyfriend of 20 years who she met when she was a freshman in college mm -hmm. i think that those two define themselves like who was Brian without Jenna, who was Jenna without Brian. When we meet her, she's trying to figure out who Jenna is hmm. and where she belongs. Mm -hmm. So I think that we talk about, or you may have heard the term midlife crisis mm. and midlife crisis as I was familiar with was a white man divorcing his first wife and getting a red convertible. Mm-hmm, yeah, same. Like, that's what I understand it. But midlife crises is, can look different. Yes, it could be a divorce or a breakup, but it could also be, you know what? I'm 40 years old and I don't have children. And I do realize that my parenthood is something mm -hmm. that I want to experience. Or I've been dating like crazy. Maybe I do want to settle down. Mm -hmm. Or it looks like I didn't have an opportunity to, or I just didn't, I don't want to say why, pursue education. And mm -hmm. now I want to go back and get my college degree or yeah. my GED or whatever promise I made to a family member or, you know, mm -hmm. just, I want to move out of state, out of country, uh, off of planet, because <laughs> now mm -hmm. that's seemingly an option. Right. Um, it could just be any major change in your life 
that, uh, you know, people work at a job for 20 years and then retire and do something else. So mm -hmm. I'll stop there because I'm rambling and y'all have heard my voice uh enough. <laughs> what did you think about Jenna Jones and her situation? Uh oh, deep sigh. No, <laughs> it felt so familiar, even mm -hmm. though it wasn't my story. But I've worked in fashion before when I was, you know, right out of college. I, um, I'm black. I'm not a black woman. I don't live in New York. But I, a lot of it I related to, like, heartache from the past that kind of shaped how you maneuver going forward, even if your maneuvering is not dating at all. And so it felt very heavy reflective for me. And I wonder if that was Tia's intention. I liked Jenna. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoyed her. It was interesting to take a look on the other side because I'm not a woman. I'm not film. I'm not like this isn't my lived in experience. I may have some adjacent experiences, but it's not mine. And so to see that which has never been a problem for me, but like specifically with this book to see that I could either relate to or pull some of my own trials, tribulations, and even like wins from reading through her story was very, it was very interesting. I do think the Jenna character is someone who I think she's written well. I'd like her. I'd like seeing her deal with life and mm -hmm deal with life in a like a like a a, a rebirth of a, a phoenix kind of sort of where you've had all this shit go on and now you're getting back into an industry that does not favor age and then mm -hmm. you're also a black woman and then you're dealing with all these young girls in your office and i oh i was so grateful that we didn't go the route of who that bitch thinks she is where, mm. where they had because i was scared for a minute which only kind of reaffirms like this shit happens all too often and i was waiting for i forget the two young ladies name when they went on the little kind of shopping montage mm -hmm. i was just waiting for them to clown her and i was like oh my god i don't want that and that's not what we got so that was refreshing but i think the jenna characters was written really well and though we got the movie we got if there's another story that just focuses on like jenna i don't know how you would do that but I'm invested in her even more so than her relationship. Oh, I agree with that, especially because you talked about those two young ladies whose names I can't recall either. Mm -hmm. But Jenna, she was very much like the new girl at school, but with a twist, right? Because mm -hmm. she had done her, her two years away from New York, a part of her finding herself was teaching at a community college mm -hmm. that started opening her eyes to what her real purpose was because she was also in her prior life a the nice judge mm -hmm. on a fashion show right mm -hmm. like i guess let's say project runway yeah and she was the one giving creative feedback and the nicer one it was more nurturing and and more constructive than destructive and she took that constructive feedback and uh was giving it to her co-workers mm -hmm. but also people who wrote in for her column in the yeah. style magazine like that was part of what she was doing like oh hey 
I have this fashion issue, but it's really like a deeper issue because mm -hmm. my I'm asking my boyfriend, do I look fat in his jeans? And then she's saying like, hey, let's restructure that conversation. And by the way, you know, these people have jeans that maybe bigger sizes are built for yeah. curvaceous people. I I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah, like she's giving you the house of Darion. Mm -hmm. or the apple bottom jeans right. you know taking it back to 2012 mm -hmm. instead of telling you you need to fit in juicy which yeah. is which wasn't built for people with hips and thighs mm -hmm. and butts so having said that i think that when you really have somebody who you cannot question if she's good at her job she is and she like you were saying the girls didn't clown her and they went with her and said okay let me show you something she was open to them first mm -hmm. so she wasn't cutthroat like i got mine you better get yours right or anything like that she was very much open hand like hi we're in this together we're trying to make this fledgling project work and i see and respect your work here and your job mm-hmm and so it wasn't competitive, which is another thing, because oftentimes you do want to have some people say that women can't get along without being competitive. Mm -hmm. And that's not true at all. Now, that's not saying that you we didn't have the Wicked Witch. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> it was Darcy. Mm -hmm. And Darcy was one of my favorite characters in the book. Mm -hmm, I agree what made her my favorite character was the fact that she was just unapologetic mm -hmm. about everything and every choice she made. She wasn't perfect and she wasn't trying to be right. And she wasn't trying, which is part of her beef with Jenna was like, yo, you've gotten away mm -hmm. with presenting this perfect Glinda, the good witch mm -hmm. persona, but you can't be but so good. Cause you're fucking Brian. Yeah. And everybody talking about what that dude's about. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you really want to know somebody's politics, look at who they're dating. Mm -hmm. So you got to be with it in some way, shape or form, but you are fronting. But here I am living my truth and I'm villainized. Yeah, I, I agree with her there. I did. I, mm -mm. Yeah, it's... um. I don't even say to the point of like women not getting along. The fact that Darcy was the big bad and not even, I forget the girl's name. Is it Jinx or is that the girl from the movie? But the one young lady who liked Eric as well. Mm -hmm. And like when, when all of that stuff blew up, it was never, oh, that, that bitch, oh, and she, why he with her when he could be with me? It was never that. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was, just understood you're just not the girl he's after and i love that because I, I the whole book i was waiting for something stereotypical and it never came and i'm so happy and i don't even know if that was intentional or if it was just like that's just not what i want to write or let me intentionally not make that be the thing but yeah the fact that darcy was the big bad and that was the villain that that's what you want you need you need something to shake it up but having it be darcy was perfect you didn't need any more so so what did you think of darcy's story and character i liked her um uh, she was clearly the villain she was the evil doer but 
I also felt like it's necessary. I was thinking like it gave me Devil Wears Prada, Miranda Priestly. That's what I had. To, that's what I kind of like related to. But I was like, but this is a black woman. She's a very petite, small black woman. Was she West Indian? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she had all of these things attributed to her that I have not seen in that capacity. I've not seen her. I could very well put her in a beauty salon or a nail salon as just a regular, not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's where I would imagine seeing this little black woman in media because I haven't seen a black woman running this fashion empire like Tyra Banks will come to mind. You know what I'm saying? But her and her backstory was so interesting because it felt like her and Jenna were two sides of the same coin. And like she said, I, I can admit and own up to my mess and nobody's perfect. And even though Tia wrote her the way she did, there's always a bit of the story that no matter what the author writes, it's up to the interpretation of the audience. And I feel like though she was the evildoer, the bad guy, I don't think she was wrong I don't think Jenna was wrong either, but I don't think she was wrong in being like, I don't want you fucking my son. Yeah, he's a grown man, but just act like let's not act like we don't have history. Out of all the 21-year-olds in the world, you find mine. So I, I like her. I, I liked her terrible backstory because it's so many people's actual story. Kicked out of your house, had a baby too young, had to make it on your own, and what do you have to show for it is this huge empire that I don't care that you're it's quote unquote evil. That's all in perception. Somebody liked her enough to lay down with her, had his baby. Somebody liked her enough to, I don't know, acknowledge how wonderful she was with her actual talent and craft. Jenna liked her enough. And even if she didn't like her, you knew to respect her or she had enough respect and clout garnered from her work that you could that you would benefit from working under her, no matter what kind of insult she sent your way. So I liked her. I liked her. If I had to describe Darcy in one word, it would be hungry. Mm-hmm. She was hungry from the time she was a teen mom because she said, look, I'm just tired of being a virgin. Mm-hmm. So she was hungry for being grown mm-hmm. in that experience. Right. And then mm-hmm when she had the issue of her parents essentially disowning her and sending her away to the nuns to deal with the issue, Mm -hmm. she had to survive. So everything like since that point was about not just surviving, but thriving. And her beef with Jenna was the fact that Jenna wasn't hungry. Mm -hmm. Jenna was charmed. And mm-hmm. she's like, you don't understand that your life and the opportunities that were afforded to you isn't applicable to the rest of us. Mm-hmm. So, and you're wasting it. This is the same issue she had with her son because she said, look, I would have fucked and sucked everybody I could have to have my Tyler Perry movie shown Mm -hmm. at every film festival. Mm -hmm. I fucked and sucked so that you could be at these elite schools. Yep. So that you could rub elbows with these people 
whose parents, if not themselves, were on the committee and you don't use any of the pull and the clout that you have. Mm-hmm. I, I put you in this situation and you didn't appreciate it. Oh, I'm mommy dearest. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe I wasn't perfect because I did leave you to go have a threesome with DMX and Foxy Brown. <laughs> Your dad? Oh my God, the father's funeral. That Like, <laughs> yeah, she was evil. But also a young mom. And also her concern was like, yeah, she had sex with Otis, you know, the father, and she left him, mm-hmm. her son Eric, with Otis because he was nurturing, but he lacked ambition. Mm-hmm. And she had ambition in spades. So she was hard on him because she said, what I cannot allow you to be is your father. Mm-hmm. I know you loved your father, but to me, what I see you loving is lack of ambition. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so, and I, I can't have that because I, because I know how cruel the world can be starting with the fact that even your family don't owe you shit you know like mm-hmm. they can leave you and forsake you and leave you on your own so i need for you to be able to survive on your own and for the most part he did recognize her game and understood her and said look if she praises you don't drink the kool-aid <laughs> it's poison mm-hmm. and even as hard as they as she was, she still recognized their talent. Because she was like, yeah, this boy, yeah, I'm hiring my son because he needs a job, but also I know that he can build a resume here Mm -hmm. and a reel and do something. Jenna is here because she is good at her job. She has a fan base and can get me what I need, Mm -hmm. i.e. viewership. And then that's what ended up happening where they did they were able to create that perfect find now mm-hmm. i don't really think that she had a problem with her dating eric what i think she had a problem with is her playing feeling like you can play in my face mm, okay you know, you know because like i said like see you willing to fucking suck in your own way through my son but you don't mm-hmm. want to call it that right mm-hmm. you want to say it's love or you want to say it's something else it's like girl I told you my son had a crush on you. Mm-hmm. You could have at any point in time said to me, like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling him and had a conversation and treat, you know, treat me or, you know, like go hard. Cause you know, that Darcy who's like, look, a bitch like me keeps goons on my payroll. Right. <laughs> like a bitch like me is unapologetic. Mm-hmm. And she would have been like, he, it ain't a crush, baby. We fucking. Yeah. She would have been like, say what? But she would have respected it. Instead, y'all sneaking around, giggling at Tehan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I gave you both chances, and y'all are just, pl- y'all don't respect You're wasting it. it. Mm-hmm. You're wasting it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't think um she was wrong. I think some of her tactics were a, a bit much, but you she was the easy villain she was the easy person to say was the villain as opposed to looking at what y'all were doing and say okay maybe we need to move some stuff around do some stuff differently but right i liked her me too so what did you think about her son eric i don't even know i remember us talking uh, i don't know some time ago 
And I had a totally different picture, Eric, in my head than what we got with the movie. So I had to kind of go back and see, did I just project my own image of what an Eric for me would be like? Because I, <laughs> the Eric I had was very different. Um, but I, I, I liked to, I liked everybody and I hate, I know it was kind of boring, but like, I liked everybody for the most part. He was interesting. And when it comes to him being this child of this wealthy woman or this powerful woman, he felt, though I liked him, sometimes generic in that, and maybe it's because I'm not wealthy and I don't come from money and I didn't go to elite schools, but that rich kid who hates their parent, that gets old to me sometimes. So those moments of him and his mom, though written well, and I think the story called for him to feel the way he did, I was like, boy, shut up. Your mama did all this stuff. But all in all, I enjoyed him. Um, it's interesting because I have to actively work at separating him, him, his book version from his movie version. I think he's the only character that I have to do that with because even looking back on the words on the page, I still see movie Eric, and that is a problem. And it's been a problem since I finished both both versions. But I enjoyed him. He felt very of his time. Because I can remember myself, 2012. Mm, I'll probably go back to 2007 to 9 for me, being in the space that he was in in this book. And I could see... I could see me dating older and like actively doing that and actively pursuing older partners and kind of dealing with the consequences of that, be that good or bad. And so a lot of his movements and a lot of the things he did with Jenna felt, felt like that. It felt like, again, a walk down memory lane. Um, he was funny to me. At times, he felt like the adult and Jenna was the child in the way that they handled each other. Mm -hmm. And that's probably, though new for both of them, he had been dating. You know, he had that beautiful, what was, what was the girl? Was she the ex? Was she a cheerleader or ballet dancer? Ballet dancer. Okay. And she was as well. But Jenna, it's very different dating, you being the older person dating someone younger having your lived in experience versus them say they went out middle school. They had a girlfriend, high school. They had two girlfriends, college. They had two or three. Like they're still, Oh, this is going to sound so weird. Like there's, they're still on a streak of experiencing first where the older person has had a bunch of firsts by this time. So I could see how his confidence in dating was to me. It felt like it was a little bit higher than hers because she has so much back legitimate baggage because I can't be fucking you and you the boss son <laughs> and get caught. But she had a lot of baggage that I felt like kind of flipped the roles on their head. And I like that about Eric. Um, but he was also annoying too. He was very, um, I don't know, like the party when he was quick to like stand up to skinny jeans. Like I, I liked, I liked all of that. And I like the character, but I still, I don't know. I feel like I can't say all this and they'd be like, oh, yeah, he, he was generic. But, like, it's that one aspect of his character being the child of a powerful woman that was 
um generic to me but the rest i enjoyed him i enjoyed him the dating the book with like the sneaker references and his style like i liked all of that mm-hmm. i went to school with these guys i i ain't gonna say to that extent because i ain't had no money but i was in the room with these guys as far as how i dressed and the shoes that i bought and being around my eclectic group of friends so i saw a lot of that I don't, I'm, you know what? This makes me wonder did I actually like this book or did this book just trigger a bunch of old school memories? <laughs> and can it be, can it be both? No, yeah, yeah. Two things can be true because I, I did mm-hmm. really like the book, but I'm wondering if she really hit her target, if not target, target adjacent audience with me because a lot of this book, when I look back on it, the story, fine. The book, good. But I'm, projecting a lot of my former self onto this book mm-hmm. in so many different ways because i um a friend of mine who passed he was a designer and i remember going out with him we met working at h&m both doing retail he had got there a year before me and i was pretty much coordinating all of his photo shoots i was mm-hmm. getting the models i was doing the modeling call i was getting the local like so a lot of stuff that eric was doing being this creative person i'm just like oh that was me that was me and my friends that was me so i don't know i don't know that i even like eric or if i just put myself in (laughs) but you know that's interesting because i when this book came out i was um well no it's been out for a while but reading it when i first read it Mm -hmm. um so i read it twice okay but um I read it a few years ago and I'm 40, I might as well say 43, but as a 40 year old and thinking about the age gap is mm-hmm. like between me and my first kid. Mm. So you're talking about looking at his friends yeah, <laughs> and thinking, and I'm like, no way in the world. <laughs> Absolutely not. So I can understand you like projecting or putting yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, in that situation. You said like Eric at times was like felt like the adult in a relationship. And Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree. And I think that that's one of the reasons why this May December romance works because Mm -hmm. Jenna was kind of frozen in Mm -hmm. time because she was with one person with the exception of Darcy's person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They broke up one time, (laughs) but for the most part, she had been with one person. So in terms of dating and being around other people, she was a juvenile in those experiences because she's only had one real relationship. And that was a 20 year relationship with one person. And she even says that she molded herself into the person for her boyfriend, right? Brian, for Brian. Mm -hmm. And when Brian changed and decided he didn't want those things that she had built herself to be, she was devastated because like, what do I do now? And then you also, as she was finding herself, she could meet Eric in the middle because Eric too was finding himself, Mm -hmm. but he was essentially a parentified child because he had to raise himself mm-hmm. because Darcy was too busy hustling. So mm-hmm. there was a maturity in Eric that can meet the immaturity mm-hmm. in Jenna. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that attraction. Yeah. And that's where the relationship and that magic 
lives because one of the things that I really felt was in, thought was interesting is the fact that they said, I have a PhD in Jenna. Mm-hmm. Or I have a PhD in, in Eric, mm-hmm. which says that I studied you because you talked about his clothes and the descriptions of clothes, mm-hmm. but that's what she does. Yep. She sees clothes and, and names them and gives them these references and you know, like that shorthand of like, oh, I get it. I mm-hmm. I, I know who you are based on your style and then can come up with a quippy name because that's how she thinks and that's how she sees, mm-hmm. like, you know, like in terms of fashion collages. Yeah. And he sees things cinematically. Mm-hmm. So that art that artistry meets in the middle as well and really created this dynamic experience, which honestly I would have watched too. But you yeah. know, in in learning or, or in creating that, they really learned each other and saying, We're observant people anyway. Mm-hmm. And we are observing each other. Right. And I think that works. So uh, is there any other character you want to talk about? Um, Brian, mm-hmm. because of the difference, the stark difference from the from the movie, um, Brian was an interesting one for me. I did not know whether to be offended or not, which I, ultimately I wasn't. When they met in college and he was doing, what are you, it was at a talent show and he was rapping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that. I, oh, he was like, John, or singing like i think it was john being yes 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 no that's it i that's something that i a con of for me from the movie and i know you know we ain't got there yet and there's mm-hmm. more to be discussed but i feel like i'm not an interracial romance guy in the sense that if i'm going to read a book or watch a movie if it's there fine because I grew up watching white people, which ultimately mm-hmm. turned to any POC having a white partner. So mm-hmm. it it doesn't, it doesn't disgust me. I can watch it. But if I'm going to make the decision, the choice, I'm going to look at black romance and POC romance. Mm-hmm. However, this book had me invested in Brian and Jenna in that story. And that's not the story we got in the movie, which again, the movie is fine. It has its own thing. But mainly, I enjoyed having his secrets come out. I enjoyed having, seeing them have their conversations, seeing him pursue her, seeing her, Mm -hmm. you know, give him the business. But specifically, his mom and her. Yes. That I wanted from the movie that if his, him being black, it's not a problem, but that's a very particular story that you would tell. And if I dated an Asian person and me and their mom were so close, if you turn that story into a movie, if you make them black, that's not, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but that's not the story that was presented. And I know that things are going to change when you adapt them, but whatever, but I truly wanted to, I wanted to see that mainly because it was written by a black woman. Um, So many times we get interracial romances that are not written by black women or they're written by a particular kind of black person that, you know, maybe does not have a lot of experience just existing with other black people. That's been my experience with interracial stories. Not to say they're all like that, but Mm -hmm. I would have loved to see. I would just love to have seen that translated. So the Brian character, I Mm -hmm. he was he was a lot and he was the wild card for me 
um, and having him and his article and his mm-hmm. knockoff kind of sort of version of Jenna, the the column girl, what was her, whatever that woman, I don't even remember if she was black or white, but she wasn't Jenna. I liked that. And so maybe my, I just liked him and then not giving it, not getting as much of him in the movie that we did in the book. Maybe that's enhancing it too, but I, that's one interracial relationship. And I guess the other part of it is it's a relationship that we never saw actively. Everything mm-hmm. was discussed in the past. Everything was a memory. So it's that implied love that implied care that as a reader i have to fill in the blanks because they're in the present discussing the past and so i'm only getting these versions of them from their memory i'm not Mm -hmm. actively so yeah i i just i i I, oh my gosh you you brought us so much for me okay so i think that the importance of brian to me explains the growth of jenna because she was so entangled with him. So you can really understand how Jenna has grown unless you understood Brian and her mm-hmm. relationship with Brian because she was an extension of Brian and Brian was an extension of her. So when you have, uh, and, and the fact that it was 20 years, mm-hmm. like we can't skip how significant that was. Yeah. And and if somebody said it in a book like, yo, it's okay because you're essentially experiencing a divorce. Mm-hmm. And that's traumatic. But when we talk about Brian, I think that first things first is the fact that Jenna was awkward in high school, like nerdy. And Mm -hmm. to have somebody pursue you and say, no, I want you. Mm -hmm. I I don't know anybody who wouldn't fold. Mm -hmm. You know, even if you're not attracted and you don't want them back, it's still an ego boost. It still does something to you for somebody to say with their whole chest flat-footed, I want you, mm-hmm. right? And so there is that. And then showing up. And then you talked about like the interracial portion of it. Mm-hmm. And a banana, that's what she said. Mm-hmm. That's what they call themselves. And, you know, like when we talk, I've read some interracial uh, romance sometimes, you know, uh, my entryway is the fact that it's a Black author and it's a Black mm-hmm. woman. And then, mm-hmm. like, you know, she's paired with whomever. Yeah. If they talk about the race thing, which oftentimes they don't, mm-hmm. it's rarely this, you know, full acceptance where she said, like, I loved Anna a little bit more than I love my own mother. Mm-hmm. And I was with her when she was sick the first time. Yeah. And we and we had the relationship where I, for all intents and purposes, I was her daughter, not even daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. where she shared her secrets with me, where she passed down baby clothes mm-hmm. because because that's how invested she was in us, where anybody else won't do. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. and saying that like, no, you you've invested twenty years, but I also invested twenty years. Mm-hmm. Not to say that she wasn't perfect. So I like the fact that she was like my little mixed babies. Yeah, like <laughs> I, like yo yo, she's still a white woman. Let's not forget. Yeah, yeah. But she was still willing to wholeheartedly accept her, and she would have loved on them little mixed babies mm-hmm. hard because Jenna was their mother. Yeah. 
and she truly, truly loved Jenna. And she was like, yeah, you can have your Lily Lamore, whatever her name was. Mm. You know, Jenna discovered her. And she was like, everybody was like, girl, you ain't nothing but a wet hole at this <laughs> point. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys don't even acknowledge her personhood. Like for right. what? Like for girl, for what? That's crazy. And yeah. if you don't realize that you're wasting your time, because I even think later on, he ain't changed nothing. Her bifocals and everything in the house was where she left it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost saying like, ha- as Jenna has grown, Brian did not. Mm-mm, he was stuck. He was stuck. How time moves differently for, for people, right? And what you're able to do. So it's like really interesting. Yeah. And she, he was like, yeah, you can come here and you can open your drawer and your stuff is still here. This girl was here. She left and he didn't even realize didn't, she was ooh, gone. Yep, I was, mm, that hurt me for <laughs> her. I'm like, to pour into someone mm-hmm. And to get like, oh, sins of the past that aren't even yours. Like yep. his, I, oh, I felt so bad for her. That's the one moment I was like, oh, that, that's rough. But she was like, she said she understood. She was like, I know I'm not. But still to have it happen, like he was, he was really, fuck him. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. That all too, which for me, not having the same intimate experiences with white folks to me his story felt so white mm-hmm. you didn't did all this shit you essentially poor but you it it's honestly it's the story of tony from girlfriends you got this todd was broke and so you're so scared of her not or her realizing you ain't got no instead of just talking to your partner you allow all the, i don't know i was Uh, I I got a quote about Mm -hmm. that. So when I saw what this is early in the book, this is like page nine. Oh, okay. So just to set the scene, this is when Jenna is interviewing with Darcy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like she had fucked off New York for two years and she's coming back. And uh, Darcy says to her, whatever, just know I was sympathetic to your situation. You're better off without Brian. All that just setting without you, those rumors. You can't trust a self-made millionaire. Their dicks are too hard for the lifestyle. Next time, get a man with family inheritance. She winked. The money's less sexy to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was because, I mean, let's just be clear about why they broke up. He had a drug problem that he was trying to hide. Yes, mm-hmm. he was broke. But how did he get broke? Because his money got taken by Bernie fucking Madoff. Mm-mm. And how embarrassing is that? It's it. Jenna was like, "Nigga, what?" Because mm-hmm. you are an auditor, and just in case you thought that he wasn't a white man dealing in white privilege, he jumped in. Like the only vetting he needed to do was that man was white. Who? Which again, like, had you just talked to your black should have been wife. Even in the midst of this, there's some kind, and I don't want to put it on black women are the uh, ones who who's have to save you and uplift you, but that was your partner. Y'all mm-hmm. chose each other. Mm-hmm. And she's of a different culture. So if nothing else, she's going to give you a different perspective. And you didn't even feel to me, that's not love. You don't feel comfortable enough to humble yourself, to talk to me about our finances. 
No, he fuck him all day. And she said that. She was like, I wasn't with you for the money. Wasn't I with you when you were broke? Mm-hmm. Didn't I did I ever ask you? I mean, again, she was like, was I without resources? Right. Right. You could have talked to me. You chose not to. You chose to baby me, which is a part of the growth because she literally had to figure it out. And she had to figure it out with Eric, especially because Eric was figuring it out too. Mm-hmm. Which, and yeah. their communities were different because jumping ahead a little bit, mm-hmm. we know that she, Jenna has these girlfriends, Billy and yeah. Ellie. Elodie. Elodie, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, Billy and Elodie, right? (laughs) And here they are, and to the point where you had his baby, and she they were like, This is our baby. To the Mm -hmm. point where the baby didn't even have a name but baby. Mm -hmm. You know, Otis, oh like, oh, that's that's when your birth certificate, I guess. But your name is Baby. (laughs) And and they all band together, and she was the best godmother ever Mm -hmm. wearing those t-shirts because she was invested in May May. Because they were a family. Who did Brian have to have his back like that? Mm. Because he invested with Bernie Madoff because his friends was doing it. And you and, and his who are his friends? Other white people. Mm-hmm. And who were you? You are an auditor. You should have known better. Yeah. And I think that that was probably part of his pride where how are you going to tell your black girlfriend that you your white ass got scammed by another white person and it, and the reason why you didn't vet him was because mm. you were white because that, he was white ooh, that and would like, be a red flag for me you know like if mm-hmm. if the brother if if it was a black guy would you have vetted him then so maybe she he was like I can't and then how do you deal with it through mm. drugs and so she was like you didn't touch me you chose that the life the dreams and the life that we thought we were gonna have you decided it wasn't for you he regretted it and tried to get her back and they had that conversation especially because and i also appreciated the fact that they understood that they had a relationship of 20 years but they were also a family and with his mother Mm -hmm. and when his mother died i need to tell you but i also know more so than anybody else, how close you were and how devastating this news is. So it's kind of like nobody can comfort you like me and nobody can comfort me like you because we are the ones who understood Anna Mm -hmm. and are grieving Anna in a way. So, you know, jumping ahead just a smidgen, I was disappointed that that's the only interaction that we got in the movie about Brian. Mm-hmm. Because without all this backstory, without Anna even calling her and saying like, hey, look, I'm going to die soon. She was like, don't you say that mess to me? Mm-hmm. You know, but even still laying that groundwork as a reason why he would show up, as a reason why she would and should take that time to talk to him mm-hmm. is because, and, and let's be honest, if his mother didn't die and she had that baby by Eric, I I guarantee you she would have been a part of that baby's village. Yes, that baby would be at her house. <laughs> the look at that. Still my mixed baby. <laughs> right, right. Ain't nothing but light skin. But yep, that's my mixed baby. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah, I could de- and see that. Oh, see, I just the movie. Oh, 
I under well, whatever. I will get there. But yes, no, no. I I wanted that. I wanted her, but you know, we didn't get that, and that's fine. We got the movie that that they wanted to make, and mm-hmm. I understand you can't include everything. I know I likened this to Lovecraft Country earlier, but Lovecraft Country was also a TV show. So they mm-hmm. had more room to play with more of the story. So I get it. But I just, Brian and his mom were very interesting to me. And if I'm not mistaken, we didn't get Jenna's mom. Wait, in the book. Oh, Lord. Now the lines is blurred. Did we, we did. We did. But her mom, they didn't have a great relationship. And it was because her father had a second family that they agreed not to acknowledge. Okay. So they didn't have a close relationship, which is why she has such a close relationship with Anna. Oh, okay. Well, and maybe that was the choice to kind of switch stuff up for the movie, but yeah, because when I remember the book, I don't remember I don't remember her mom at all. So maybe that's another reason why I just, I wanted you know, Brian and his mom, but yeah, all in all, I I thought that was for me, if there was going to be a prequel of like them in college, I would read that. That would be one interracial romance book that I would go out of my way to uh, make sure I picked up because I like Tia and I feel confident in her storytelling that I would get something interesting. So I think we're going to have to revisit that interracial romance when we get to the movie. Mm. Um, I want to talk to you about the perfect fine, the web series. Mm-hmm. And so please correct me if I'm wrong because like you, you know, things <laughs> still get blurred. Yeah. But from the book, what the perfect find was Jenna finding people on a street with mm-hmm. excellent style mm-hmm. and giving them a name or a vibe and raiding their closet and saying, like, okay, this is what this is. And doing that, Eric would create a cinematic mm-hmm. um expression of what that is so i'm just gonna make something up so let's say you are a potomac pixie Mm. you know or something like that and i'm saying the potomac because like that's like around this area in the chesapeake so Mm -hmm. like maybe having baltimore vision you know like oh like the wire (laughs) Mm. like having (laughs) like a pixie version of the wire and creating these vignettes, these yeah. cinematic vignettes around this description, this whimsical description mm-hmm. that Jenna came up with you. And then also the perfect fine is saying, we're going to give you $50 to have your perfect fine created. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to sell a limited run of that on our website. Yes. And I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. And one thing that she said that I definitely want to hear your response to is that they knew that they hit on something when the gays started parading them mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yep. Is that a metric? Yeah, because if... Oh, Lord. Okay. I just saw a tweet, and this man was saying, as, like, bashing folks, the only people I've... Only men I've seen at Beyonce Renaissance lines and parking lots and stuff have been particular type of gay men wearing all this aluminum foil looking clothes. Out, You can talk to me about her impact when you have straight and masculine men at her shows. And I thought for a second, and I said, what? whatever. Now, the what I've come to learn since Elon took over is if somebody has a blue check, a lot of this stuff is mining for engagement, so they can get that Elon money. But I said, this woman 
has sold out not just renaissance she's been selling out since the beginning of her career i'm not going to say it's on the backs of gay men but i will say that that is a gay men and black gay men is what i'm talking about i'm i don't want those lines blurred when it comes to community, when it comes to diva worship, when it comes to supporting, have kept many of folks with money in their pockets simply from gay pride appearances. So to have a lot of conversation, a lot of, and I will say, mm, this is blurring the lines a bit, but I do want to add in uh, black trans women, black and brown trans women, because I feel like when it comes to aesthetics, when it comes to conversation, and when it comes to influence, a lot of that you're going to get from those communities, not just those, of course, like subcultures, like, you know, the gothic folks and the, you know, scene kids and whatever, like, but when it comes to gay men, and taking it back to Renaissance, this woman has sold out. And I can bet dime for a dollar that at the very least, anywhere from 50 to maybe 40 to 60% of that has some sort of LGBTQ person that didn't purchase the ticket. So the dollar and the influence that is attached with what gay folks, black gay folks, black and brown gay folks consider cool community considers to be something that is worthwhile and that's not to say the dollar amount that makes it worthwhile because if you look at ballroom and underground scenes and cultures that black and brown folks have created it wasn't always about the dollar amount it was about the community it's about the expression and what you can do on a limited dollar so that long roundabout way of saying there is some truth to that because even if you look at the reality tv shows like black ink crew or that are like predominantly straight men now you hear straight men saying child carrie they use a lot of the lingo that trans women black and brown trans women and black gay queer community men and the like have created and now has bled over so absolutely yes yes I love it. And I just love the fact that that was the metric that she used mm, yes. of saying like, this is how we knew we had mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. was for those parody. And yet again, talking about the time of the day, this is also after fade in a water. Mm -hmm. And you know how black folk are. What I've been saying to you and to other people is that white people need a week in SNL for <laughs> something to mm -hmm. yep. become a parody or yep. you know for the into the zeitgeist so something to be looked at but we need we only need 24 hours and it's mm -hmm. like lord we, we 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 may lift every voice and sing and you, you know all you got, these yeah yeah everything what becomes zeitgeist who's going to look at a folding chair the same Nobody, and nobody. I'm a wrestling fan, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to look at the folding chair mm -hmm. saying, "Shout out to the New Day who brought that into wrestling." Like it's Good. so meta, yes. but our culture and how viral it gets, and how we, the community, and the kikiing and the understanding, and for her to use that metric mm -hmm. to say, "This is how we know that we've we're becoming success." And then what happened? The New York Times or whatever it was came to them. Yep. Just like we talked about earlier about how media uses Twitter to mine for stories. Mm -hmm. I don't think that Darcy would have gotten that interview if the gay community and others didn't parody. 
They, you know, like, yes, they had viewership and clicks and things were selling out and engagement. Mm -hmm. And yes, the product was good. But is it a niche thing or is it becoming larger mm -hmm. where even if I don't read, I'm, I'm not in a demographic or I don't read it, but I'm on YouTube and I found this thing that's really funny and now I'm sharing it or I'm showing mm -hmm. to people and it's more. Yeah. Yeah. That. Tia, I tell you, Tia, I want to meet that woman via what? virtually or in person. Because, yes. All right. Well, you know, she got a new book coming out in February. So, you know, she'll be doing the rounds. Ooh, here we go. We talked about relationships. I just want to give a shout out to Elodie and <laughs> Billy because Billy and her husband, Jay, was in another book of Tia's. Mm -hmm. And where we got to see their relationship. The Accidental Diva. Mm -hmm. And what I liked about Billy and Jay, and by the way, they called themselves B and J, you know, for <laughs> Beyonce and Jay-Z, it was a yeah. thing. Another time capsule. The point is and was that once they got married, he really became a part of the family, not just because of May, but he was like, yo, I'm teaching let yeah. me hook you up with somebody with a job and you know like what do you need when mm -hmm. you know that dinner party yeah yo he was like come on now son you don't want it with him yeah and things yeah. like like that cool head is like that male perspective because i also think that sometimes when we are in romance novels sometimes a male perspective from the homie mm -hmm. it can go either way it could be paternal like you need to give my boy a chance, you know, mm -hmm. or something else or, you know, my brother whatever. But for somebody to be like, yo, I'm your girl's husband yeah. and your family. So my job is to make sure you're good. Yeah. And it's not creepy. I'm not trying to get with you mm -hmm. or anything like that. But my resources are your resources. Yeah. That's, and I, I appreciate mm -hmm. that. So two questions for you. What did you think? Because I don't think we really talked about. I think I did, but I didn't hear you. My bad. Of the relationship between Jenna and Eric, especially because it was that age gap. Was it believable to you? Can you see them getting a happily ever after? Yes. Oh my God. So I, <laughs> I have often sought out older partners. Not even just accidentally stumbled upon a relationship. And so there was a lot of, <laughs> oh, this is me. So, no, for me personally, I could see it. And mm -hmm. I appreciated it because I felt like that it made sense to me. <sighs> Nothing about it was unbelievable. But I feel like even if there were things that were unbelievable, it makes it believable. So it doesn't really make sense. But in my mind, you're getting a story that it's often flipped the other way around mm -hmm. and you accept that with no problem. We got Avengers in game infinity. Like we get those stories. And then we also get like um, the show outlander where a white woman just happens to go 200 years in the past. It's a romance, a historical romance, mm -hmm. but like she's from the seventies and go back to like 16 something. And mm -hmm. so I say that even if you read this, and you're like, this something about this isn't believable. I'm like, but it, and is inherently believable because this has happened to someone just because you don't know them doesn't mean it didn't happen. And I feel like there's not enough stories 
with the, well i can't say that because there may be that i'm just not tapped into but to my knowledge just not enough stories with this age gap flipped and done this well that the things that you see that might be unbelievable could become standard and not only become standard but become actualized because a lot of what who we are as adults are from our experiences as children and a lot of the books that i read have shaped my love life in ways that my first heartache was probably a bit harder because i did think that from reading these books that it was supposed to be perfect and then i was let down so all that being said i thought it was believable and i think that even if you don't believe it was it was because jenna never pulled out you know a flying sword they never <laughs> walked the walls like everything was stuff that could happen you know yeah so, so yeah i think it's believable i like that you said that everything is stuff that could happen and also in romance tropes when you have you know like your enemies to lover your your enemies to friends to lovers which i think this kind of sort of gets to or forced proximity, which is also mm -hmm. what they engaged in. The believability part is the fact that um, oftentimes people get their partners in community, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like they find somebody at school. Yeah. They find somebody at church. They mm -hmm. find somebody at their job because it's literally the forced proximity. Like I'm running into you all the time. Mm -hmm. And so when they got together, like when they had their first meeting, the whole point was for Jenna to knock the cobwebs loose. <laughs> yep. And she got a Brazilian. And you don't go through a Brazilian without hmm. showing it to somebody. All <laughs> right. So, and, and I'm like, this is why we have so many OnlyFans. Because I'm like, this Brazilian's not going to waste. Right. Jenna's going to get it if nobody else gets it. Right. And anybody would do. And so she's got this thing where she is loose and she's emotional and all this other stuff. And he also is kind of feeling it. And, and a lot of it had to do with the, all of this excitement and emotion and feeling like I will never see you again. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how we, you know, like the, the inhibitions you shed, when you're mm -hmm. on vacation, because you're like, what am I ever going to say to these people again, right? right. So yes. I can walk around in these outfits I would never walk around in, or mm -hmm. these bathing suits that I would never wear at home, because it's like, but I care. I'm not going to see these people again. So I feel like she engaged in that. It happened to be him. And then she was like, oh, shit, it's you. Mm -hmm. And then the embarrassment of it, where... He was just messing with her, like, because she jumped to the conclusion and because of like her jittery nerves and stuff like that. And it was all miscommunication. And he was kind of like, girl, you need to calm down. It's not that serious. And her making a fool of herself and, and him just like, wow. And also him calling her out on her bullshit mm -hmm. where she literally had to fall flat with that Gertrude interview mm -hmm. before she was willing to listen to him and let him in and say, like, get it together. And also, it was the fact that Darcy calling them on their bullshit, like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Get it together. Figure it out. And forcing them to say, all right, cards on the table. What is going on? You know, whatever. And then when they can relax and kind of let it go, they could brainstorm and then yeah. look what they came up with, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So I like that because 
Brian sent her flowers and she assumed it was from him where the cookies mm-hmm. and you know and so it was like you know that could happen it, like yeah. you said it's not a flying sword she didn't go back in time or or any of those other things it's literally like oh my god so I never thought I'd see you again and here you are and now I'm jumping to conclusions yeah you know we we jump to conclusions all the time about people and you know what happens after that and so I, I like that as well. Yeah. And I found them believable. You know, like I could see how it happened because that's the thing in a romance novel. If the two leads don't have chemistry, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> we watching um, John and um, Daenerys in Game of Thrones. That's what we're doing. So, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. you went there. That's hilarious. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. So I feel like she did a really good job in building up that chemistry. Mm-hmm. And she even says at some point, I'm not going to like find it in a book, but all of the, the time they spent and the ideas, like intelligence is sexy, creativity mm-hmm. is sexy. And what they understood that they were doing was foreplay. Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, that book. So now the dinner party scene. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Um, I liked it. I liked it. Um, for me, I like chaos. I like, and I, not shameless plug because my book isn't out, but a lot of my writing is that way, where you'll have this whole story, then you get to this point where multiple characters on a screen or on a page, and you're just thrown into this chaotic scene that is just like falling apart at the scenes but also melding together prior to the movie i could see all of this being played out it was very vivid i liked the mix of people like from financial status to age to where they are in life because even the what's the dude name the uppity black dude the other west indian um jimmy jimmy that was his name even with him he added so much to, oh my god it was like being inside of a bomb and just watching that lighter get closer and closer in all the best ways even the mm-hmm. like almost fight was just as pivotal and important as uh what was it elodie and homegirl fucking or kicking <laughs> yeah like, and then uh tim having a dang on allergic reaction like it was mm-hmm. so good that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the book. Mm-hmm. I like when you can effectively set up these characters and move them around in a space in a way that reading or listening to it, I can follow what's going on. Nobody sounds the same. Or you've done enough work that you can mention so-and-so's hair touched the back of her neck. And you know, even if this girl sound like this girl, we know this girl got a bob and this one got long hair. Like I mm-hmm. like, they, I just think Tia did a good job. And um. It was just exciting. It was like, I'm not a drug user, but let me try mushrooms. Let me let me try some. <laughs> like, why the fuck not? You know, because this looked like so much fun. So yeah, I loved it. I loved that scene. I think that that was also one of my favorite scenes because I read a lot of books, mm-hmm. and that was a scene that stuck with me. Yeah. So from the first time that I read the book and picking it up again, there were some little things that I didn't remember, but mm-hmm. I was like, Oh yeah. I, I, but I remember the dinner party scene. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked about it 
was different people that were there. So let's start with Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Jimmy is 50 years old. Jimmy's owned a, a shop with, I think they said with two P, so maybe it was Shoppy, mm. um, you know, like one of those people. Mm. And the thing about him was through him, we could see that maturity doesn't come down to age mm -hmm. because he was 50 and he wasn't any more mature than Eric. Yeah. And that's what was explained right? Mm -hmm. The fact that, you know, Jenna's still trying to figure out her groove and saying, okay, you know, the growth in me being Jenna and saying like, one of the things that I used to do and from my previous life and enjoy doing mm -hmm. was hosting a dinner party. Yeah. Let me try this again. And then her even trying to figure out what is a dinner party for Jenna look like now mm -hmm. in this apartment? And she said she blinked out and maxed out her credit cards and Ooh. like got a dress from on loan and got a friend, you mm -hmm. know, like to come and be as, <laughs> as Eric was like, nigga, you got a servant. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Catering and whatever people are like, girl, what is, what are you doing? Yeah. So how could dinner parties a la Jenna look different? later on versus you know like her trying to do it but you know that was a part of her growth and having the friends there and mixing but it was also a soft lunch because one of the things that tim said later was if you're feeling this girl which i know that you are why don't you want her to spend time mm -hmm. with us and let's mm -hmm. spend time with her because you think that you know the video games would turn her off or whatever yeah. and so to have him and his girlfriend brought in to to her element Without it being about you're dating my boy, so now I'm I'm here to check you out. Ish, he's there as the wingman. Mm -hmm. Okay, yes, we're friends, right. and I and it was known that I'm here for this blind date, and as the wingman, like he was trying to engage him in conversation. Mm -hmm. He was trying, but what he saw was like, look, I know that Jenna is a catch. And you're not even trying to see that she's a catch. Mm -mm. I'm calling you out on this. Even before that, I'm trying to help the conversation and lead you to ways that I'm like bridge the gap so that you can interact because she was quite nervous, but she was open-minded and open-hearted yeah. about, could this be my person? And you're not even trying like, dude, why are you even here? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to sun me? Mm -mm. You're the worst. Yeah. That nigga, they should have whooped his ass. <laughs> they were about to. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, like just the intergenerational thing and attraction and all that other stuff. But what we also saw was a snapshot and the fact that Jimmy aside, those two people and their families, friends could coincide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah, know, like that. oof, yeah. Was there any other scene that you liked in a book or that you want to talk about before we um, get to the end? No, really. I think the actual end of the book itself, because really the that scene was everything. Because even with the way was it Carlotta was yeah presented, I just I feel like that I feel like Tia did a good job with subverting expectations for a lot of stuff. And that being one of them. Um, so, no, to your point, I think it was beautiful that they all existed in this space where it was just like, we're all here to support 
this woman and this terrible man she is blind dating with. So, <laughs> no, I um, that's black folks and community. Like that mm-hmm. truly is. Like I've never been in a space. Well, I'm sure I've been in confrontational space, but I've I I have yet to be in a space with a friend and their partner, be they older, younger, fatter, poorer, skinnier, like and they're different from us in a way that is extreme as far as like aesthetics or finances or whatever and and we haven't had a good time like i could be around someone and maybe we don't like each other sure that happens but on average if my friend is dating someone who's 50 i can just as well have a conversation with somebody who's 50 that i will with somebody who's 30 you may have to do a little work to get a common interest or something but like being with black people i don't know i i've that dinner scene felt lifted from the real world because that's Mm -hmm. just what we do so yeah tia did that Mm -hmm. we'll talk about the translation of that Mm -hmm. um so the end and there's two like the end two parts and that we have the firing of eric and jenna Mm -hmm. and then we have the fact that jenna is pregnant Mm -hmm. but, but doesn't tell eric yeah, ever. And then well, later, yeah. you know, two years down the line, when we talk about that community again, she sees him on the street. I'm like, you talk about a full circle moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I run into you and and think I'll never see you again. It's like, randomly, you pop up when I least yeah. expect you. And then she immediately was like, take a look at this. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> What did you think of the firing and um, her decision not to tell Eric uh, that she was pregnant? And, Ugh. you know, the end of the book, all of that. That's heavy. But I could see both sides. Like, don't tell him. Let him live his life. We're doing what we're doing. I'm perfectly capable of taking care of this child on my own and with community. But also, it's like, oh, that's his kid, though. What if you never ran into him? What if you never ever saw him again until that boy was like 23 like what then so i don't know i feel like if that's the decision she thought was best for her then i'm all for it because the child wasn't hurting for anything a lot of times you get people to my well oh well the child need a father in his life but a father is not necessarily your biological dad like there are father figures there and even with a dad there are still father figures who are like I know my dad mm-hmm. and I also have tons of uncles and adopted mm-hmm. uncles and just guys who were my peers, but older than me. So it's like, and it'd be like, Oh, well, they need that. Okay. But they also need community. Cause you're going to get that regardless. Even if the influence is bad, you're still going to get a father figure. So I don't know. I just, I think that um, that's what she felt like was best for her. I think that that's, what was supposed to happen because again like with him and the love affair that they had had he had known he had a baby he probably wouldn't have gone and accomplished the things that he did he probably would have because i think he said oh laura was this the movie he was like i would have got a job like any job a desk job or fast food or something to that extent to provide for am i making it up i feel like no i think that there, i think that there was an allusion to the fact that even if he didn't say it she said it she was yeah. like i know that you would have given up your dream right to provide right. for your son mm-hmm. and because she also understood how important his relationship was 
to his Otis to mm-hmm. as, as a father and and she knew how talented he was she knew yeah. how young he was and she was like you know we're on different parts in life this is something mm-hmm. that I need for me but yeah. that's not something that you need for you so yeah I didn't want to hold you back which is true I support her with that because again if there's those folks who are like oh we need to dab blah whatever that's fine but she went through 20 years with somebody where she lost herself. Mm-hmm. She went through groveling essentially to get back to a point that she lost due to that divorce mm-hmm. or, you know, in part, in part because of that, like she went through a lot. And if I know the desire to want to have a child, I can look at little kids with their big heads and big Disney eyes and be like, Oh my God, I want one. <laughs> I'm also not a woman, so I don't know if my feelings of like baby fever because it's back to school season, everybody posting their kids is mm-hmm. the same to a woman who's like, oh, I can make one of these. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. So for her to have this child and make the decision that I'm just going to raise my child, I don't think it was selfish and I don't have any issue with it the more I talk it out because I'm like, she's done a lot. She's done a whole lot and has a life prior to the baby that will constitute her having a baby and having or not having it, like having led enough life to know if I want this baby or not. And he had not done that. Mm -hmm. And it's also not his choice if she has the baby or not. So I, the more I talk about it, I think I'm, I'm, I'm very okay with that decision um there's still the what ifs okay what if they never met again but they did that's mm-hmm. the way the story was written they did and also that baby was like what was it what was the baby four or five that baby was two. Little baby. that baby was two why don't i think that baby was like oh well either way the baby was still young enough that mm-hmm. if he if he did which well i don't want to go there but which if he wanted to be in that baby's life he could and there's mm-hmm. no time lost outside of you didn't change the diapers when it was screaming at four in the morning so no i'm, I'm with it I, I liked it i liked it i did okay i will say that when i first read it the first read mm-hmm. i was like oh girl i don't know <laughs> and the reason why i said that was because you did know what his relationship was to his father mm-hmm. and yes you honored that by naming him after his father which? But that also speaks to the fact that you knew. Did you have the right to make that decision for him? And I think that really what my problem was, listen, I came up on Harlequin slash Mills and Boone mm-hmm. presents. And most of the time it was Secret Baby where the um, tycoon millionaire, because back then it was millionaire. Now they had to change it to billionaire. Yeah, like you would have his baby for some day, like a one night stand or something. But the the premise often was you became pregnant and you didn't tell the guy, and then a guy finds out and forces y'all to get married because how dare you keep my baby or babies sometimes mm-hmm. twins, you know, like or triplets, whatever from me. <laughs> and then like that's the premise, right? It's yeah. the, so that's how you get together. So I'm used to that. I think the difference was his response in the book it was like this immediate yeah 
acceptance. Like you like mm-hmm. like you made the right call. I would have sacrificed and done everything. Mm-hmm. And I thank you for not. And I was look kind of like what? You know, like do you really feel that way? So so that kind of was a, a little okay, weird to me at I first. See. But that was the first reading. The second reading, I kind of was more open to it mm-hmm. because, like, I knew it was coming, and you know, and it was clearly plotted out that a part of Jenna's life plan was to be a mother, mm-hmm. and that her biological clock was ticking. I am going to make this selfish decision to have a child. I cannot then make another selfish decision by requiring something of you that you mm-hmm. aren't ready to give. Yeah. If we were both 20 something years old and I got pregnant, would we consider abortion? Mm-hmm. Would we consider adoption because we weren't ready for that. But now you're talking about it's not even an option because like what? I may not have another opportunity in ch- in time. Mm-hmm. So since this is really about me and it is my decision because it's my body, then I'm not going to require anything of you other than to live your life. Now, yeah. what they both said was that they had been stalking each other online. Mm-hmm with each other but he didn't notice that she was pregnant but but i think that she was i think she even said it like i was waiting for the right time to tell you so i'm telling you now because i know that you have been in the world Mm -hmm. where you've accomplished some things and lived your life a bit and you know have found your place where you're in a space where you can know and make a decision Mm -hmm. about what's best for you Right, and right. you know, for your for us together, because me and my baby gonna be all right, you know, because yeah. we have been. And so he was like, you know, like you love me enough to let me go, and yeah. you love me enough to let me back in. Mm-hmm. So I could see that in the second reading that I allowed mm-hmm. that to like sit with me a little bit mm-hmm. and be okay with it. I tell you the thing that nobody <laughs> brings up that I was, I, I guess I'm the only one is the fact that she's teaching at a undergraduate uh, level Mm -hmm. and she got fired for, I don't even know why. Oh, you know, like for having sex on the premises or whatever. I don't think that they knew. And here's another reason why, yeah, she really couldn't say anything because she was going to teach at a college. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would be worried if I was a Dean (laughs) and I had somebody who had sex with kids that age. Mm hmm. You know, like, do do I need to worry about you? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for her not saying anything doesn't necessarily clue them in Mm -hmm. that she may be somebody to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, this story could have gone very dark. (laughs) You know, you can very well change the genre of this story with a few uh, paragraphs. So, yeah, I... That's interesting. Another something I noticed with Tia Williams, I wonder... I haven't looked a lot into her, but if she mm-hmm. was ever a teacher herself, because every book of hers that I've read, there has been heavy academic teachers. Like Seven Days in June was the same. Mm-hmm. Here mm-hmm. was the same. So I haven't read The Accidental Diva, but there have been like main characters who were professors or teachers. That was their thing. So I wonder what what her relationship to maybe academia is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question. Cause I know where her relationship is to 
magazines and mm-hmm. having a, a, a beauty blog and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But yeah, because in the first book, Jay does become a professor. Mm-hmm. And he was a poet and a community activist and mm, okay. you know, some other things. So he was and a hustler. Like, yeah, he, hmm, that's a really good point. But clearly, she has a respect for the profession, which I appreciate. Good, good. Mm-hmm. So we, we, you just mentioned Seven Days in June. We do know that years later they had a cameo in Seven Days in June, mm-hmm. and it's not a spoiler in the book. But with Seven Days in June, the female main character the main Mm -hmm. she is a writer who has written a series of i think the term now would be called romanticy Mm -hmm. that is being adapted that did it say it was gonna be a movie or did it say a movie trilogy or something Something or something yeah so they were going to adapt her books into uh, a different medium and at first the director that they wanted her to have was somebody who was going to make some significant changes that mm-hmm. we wasn't feeling. And then later a, a member of the Nicarazzi was like, so who you need to meet is Eric. Who's a black director. He can get your vision to life. Mm-hmm. And if you need somebody to help you with your costumes, you need to talk to Jenna. <laughs> and they were together kind of like a power couple and their son was terrorizing the place you know just like pinching cheats so i think that that's also a good place to transition into the movie Mm -hmm. so like seven days in june the perfect find was adapted into a movie and there were some changes that were made Mm-hmm. That depending on who you speak with, didn't speak to what people would have wanted. Mm, interesting. It's for some. So let me ask you for you. How did you find the movie? It happened and I enjoyed a lot of it. But to me, it didn't feel like the book, which I guess you don't want that beat for beat, but it felt like a surrealist exaggerated version of the book it felt like the perfect fine but through the lens of like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory not because (laughs) it was like so crazy and bad but the book felt real it felt like I was like looking through someone's journal and the movie felt like I don't know it felt elaborate no, because Surrealist would be more like Atlanta. This almost felt like a play with like childish aesthetics. Like a like Wes Anderson, like a black Wes Anderson film. If Wes Anderson was black. That's kind of what it felt like to me in some spots. Um, especially mm. with the casting of the twins. I, I still enjoyed it, but I it feels like two totally different moods or vibes, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Then um between the book and the movie. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Numa Perrier, I believe that's how you pronounce her last name, the director, absolutely love her. Um, knew her from Black and Sexy TV. And I'm a little biased because a lot of what I like about it is from that Black and Sexy TV sensibilities, I guess, because even some of the casting was 
characters or actresses that I've seen in black and sexy TV. So for me, I was already going to come into this bias, but it it feels, I don't have the words for it, but it doesn't feel like the book. It feels like, I, I guess I'll say like a, like a black Wes Anderson retelling of that story aesthetically anyways. I'll say uh, that. Can I say, mm-hmm. you said surrealist and we were talking about Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I thought, ooh, okay. So, with the risk <laughs> of um, Lady D listening to this and then driving <laughs> from Delaware to Baltimore <laughs> to come smack my fingers with the ruler, because I'm about to give away what you can sell. Mm. First of all, I am not familiar with Black and Sexy TV, so this is the first ooh. project of Numa's. Um, that introduced me to her that mm. I know it's her you know mm-hmm. so I could have seen something and just didn't realize it was her yeah. but this is the first thing that I know is her and mm-hmm. here's kind of what I was thinking how cool would it have been if like we know that Jenna is whimsical mm-hmm. right we know that she sees people and these vivid descriptions come on so how funny would it have been is that when she's looking at somebody that those yes. collages yes. popped up of mm-hmm. what they are yep. in her mind. And then when Eric sees people, if he viewed people through a cinematic gaze, mm-hmm. talk about the surrealism. Yes. I, oh, I would have loved that. that. Yeah. yeah, that would have oof. that um, would have set this off. Mm. something because i really really like the opening credits Mm -hmm. let's see for me i feel like and of course hindsight is 2020 especially when it's not your project but if it was me i think because of the limited amount of brian screen time that opening should have been more of a montage of her and him in college and her and him and his mom maybe even meeting the friends like all that like sitcom style but i was like i don't know i don't know i you can always see what you would have done differently had you had the keys to the kingdom but like i well let me say this i think that let's start here Mm -hmm. that opening montage with the black brian which we already know is a marked (laughs) difference Mm -hmm. and showing that she broke up you know like it was essentially like she was fired and she broke up and then moving to the house and stuff like that it's telling you like yeah the jenna you thought you knew in a book is not the jenna we're producing here the brian that you thought you knew like we're telling you straight up Mm -hmm. this is something totally different and new yeah because she's not the girl who is a fish out of water it's so many things that are different. She and Brian were only together 10 years. Black Brian, 10 years. I've read an article and she talked about why she did choose to make the, the changes that she did in terms of race. Yeah. And like the mom and stuff like that. And even towards the end was because she wanted a black love story. Mm. She's not adding interracial in because this is a black love story. Yeah. For black people. And so when you talk about black and sexy TV... I don't know the aesthetic and you know what oh, that really means, but it's, it's black. I know it, it's is it black? It's black exploitation. It's Ooh. black. It's black indie. Issa Rae was so mm-hmm. heavily involved in Black and Sexy TV. Like that whole camp 
it's black it's indie it's early 2000s it's beautiful i love it um javicia uh batwoman she's yeah. from black and sexy tv um what movie it's a tyler perry movie with this light-skinned guy chef julian he's from black like they oh my god they yeah it's a couple people who are actors in different commercials who i noticed from black and sexy tv so i'm mm-hmm. I'm a fan, clearly. First of all, snaps to the kids because they working. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I like that. She's bringing that forward to saying, like, okay, what would a rom-com, mm-hmm. what a black and sexy rom-com look like? You know what it's going to look like? No white people. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes back to what you were saying about why this book is so important. Because when you are looking for black rom-coms and you're getting white for your love Jones. Yep. And now, so now you have one where whiteness really isn't brought in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I can appreciate the movie for that. Mm-hmm. The quips and the issues that I have with the movie is that it felt rushed. Mm, okay. It was a pacing issue. Mm. That was mainly like, you know, the, the different changes. Like, I didn't mind the change in Jenna. I didn't mind the change in Darcy. I also felt like, and I want your response to this in terms of casting on their own. Yeah, Gabrielle Union is Jenna. Mm-hmm. Even from the fact that it's so funny, because I know she had beef with them, but she was on, what, America's Got Talent? So, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you even were yep. the nice judge on a reality show, mm-hmm. like in the book. And Keith Powers, I could definitely see as Eric, but I cannot say that I bought their chemistry. Nope. Totally. I didn't. And it's crazy because you are so in love with um, Gabrielle Union's lookalike. (laughs) Like it should have worked more for me, but Mm -hmm. didn't. And just to dip back into the book a little bit. Yeah. We didn't talk about the sex scenes, Mm -mm. but the sex scenes had heat. Yeah. They had chemistry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The movie. Mm. Yeah. So what did you think about the changes and the casting and, you know, I, just... I liked it. I did. Okay. I did. I truly enjoyed this black ass film. And I still stand by my issues about Brian not being a white Jewish man and his mom. But that doesn't, for me, again, going to Lovecraft Country, seeing the book independently as his own thing, the show independently as his own thing, and then they even cross over with magic and whatnot. But mm-hmm. I'm still fine with both properties, that both versions that we got. So this earth two version of it where everyone's black i'm enjoying that as well i thought gabrielle did a good job i don't know that i wanted her to be jenna i okay i don't know she did a good job and i enjoyed her but once the credits rolled i was like i don't know and it could be just the chemistry thing like they didn't they they were not i accepted it for the movie to watch and enjoy it but those two they weren't really the perfect match. Mm-mm. They weren't. Jenna and Keith and Gabrielle were like, we co-workers, we cool. I don't know. But they both did a good job, though. They did independently. Yeah. Uh, can I throw a name out to you? Mm-hmm. Tika Sumter. Who would have killed it? She would have killed it. I would have kept yeah. Powell, Ooh. Keith Powell. But I think I would have tagged in Tika Sumter. Oh my God. Yeah, she 
Oh, yeah, she definitely would have killed it. I would, oh, I would actually like to see that movie now. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm, 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 mm. I, I like that. But even with that, even before you mentioned that, my issue would then be with Gina Torres's casting. Not that she didn't do a good job, and not that I'm not happy to see her in more things, but the way that Darcy was described as this like petite evil demon who was little and small, like. I'm of two minds. One, I think everybody needs to get a shot to act. But I think that maybe there's more comedy there with her being this like tiny little evil woman. And Gina Torres is like six one. I mean, I don't yeah. know if she's pretty that tall, but she's a tall lady. So, but I mean, Gabrielle isn't short either. So I guess you wanted wanted them to be a little bit more equal. But I was like, man. Uh okay. Can I just I say I'm gonna one for one you again? <laughs> If we were going to do book accurate, mm-hmm. Darcy, Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm, that would have be- been good. Because she's like short and, mm-hmm. and got a lot of mouth. Hello, yeah. Baltimore. Like <laughs> her. Um, but I like that they did a change. First of all, the original casting for movie Darcy was Niecy Nash. So they were really? never going. Yeah, they were never going. diminutive and i think maybe it's because lee davenport who wrote the screenplay had changed darcy so significantly Mm -hmm. that you know her being elvish and talking shit and it's Mm -hmm. just like little girl you know like not little girl you know like right i know you ain't talking shit to me all the way from down there you know (laughs) yeah i mean i'm happy with it i think gina killed it i do Mm -hmm. she did yeah oh that would have been Mm-mm. Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah, this was good. So, what did you think of the change in Darcy? Because both of us talked about in the book how we liked her being evil, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the movie, she was she's, not. See, she's a lot of what makes this so. And I hate to say it because it sounds so derogatory, but it feels like Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Like it's so like the colors the the way the sets were designed and then even her with the twins i was like this feels like the shining meets willy wonka meets a black exploitation <laughs> film like it feels so she was so comical she was like i don't know just this over the top Corilla character but with a heart of gold but i liked her i liked it i truly did enjoy it um her and her assistants who i don't know which one i think is lena is the one who was on Black and Sexy TV. They both were, but mm-hmm. one of them was a was a character on that network. And the audience, we didn't know she had a twin. And then when they introduced her having a twin, it was like Infinity, Infinity War. It was like, wow, I can't believe this. So those three together, I like seeing this Black woman running her own company. I like seeing these two Black assistants, secretaries, whatever they were. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoyed all of that even the over the top and the required scene of, Oh, you're in a terrible situation, but I've been here before. Let's relate. Like all of it. I enjoyed it all. Even if film was like paint by numbers, I still enjoyed it. It was fun to watch. So fun. Listening to you. I think I understand one of the things that made it fun, Mm -hmm. but was missing for me. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the pacing I thought was off, Mm -hmm. but I also think that, the inability to really just let black people be messy. Mm, yeah. 
I think they cleaned it up, you know, yes. because it was like this rom-com and we want black love and, mm-hmm. you know, we want support. The mama, you know, she she was a, another change, right? Mm-hmm. Where we have Janet Huber and you know, who don't want to see Janet Huber? We all want to see dark skin and mm-hmm. And especially if I to say, like, look, I'm trying to bust it open and yeah. uh, your daddy won't touch me with you in the house. So yeah. I need to go. So. <laughs> and um, everybody being black and playing their part the only person that was kind of sort of messy and was more comical than messy was jimmy mm-hmm. you didn't want people to just be evil yeah. I, you know or and be sloppy or anything else because i feel like this movie almost fell victim to we mm-hmm. don't have a lot of black rom-coms yep. and we need this to be hopeful in mm-hmm. a way which i would have been fine with if more time was spent yeah with Jenna and Eric building up their story where I could feel the love and I could feel the chemistry yeah it I don't been a series. yeah like I, yeah I think I think that that was part of the problem too like you need the time to build up and establish that and like listen there's a reason why soap operas are essentially romance genre yeah right is because they recognize you need the time and you literally have five days a week for an hour half hour or hour depending Mm -hmm. on what it is to build a story there are storylines that literally are years in the making Mm -hmm. because they recognize insta love ain't really a thing insta Mm -hmm. Lust, absolutely. Consequences from that insta lust, sure. Even if I look at you and fall in love with you, me plotting to get you is Mm -hmm. gonna take some time. Mm -hmm. So I I think that there were lots of things to like about it, including the music. Yeah. How did you feel about the music? So they did a good job. I thought the music probably one of the better. Not better because it was a good movie. I don't want it to seem like I didn't like this movie, but the music was a good, they did good. I think if you watch this movie without reading the book, you're mm-hmm. going to enjoy this movie. Even if you think it's a little campy, a little over the top, like you can't come away from this movie and not understand that it was done well mm-hmm. and from costumes, cinematography, casting. It was done well. Um, and the music only enhanced that. I was grooving to a lot. I was, I think I was bobbing my head a little bit. And even <laughs> music going a little more physical, having Remy Ma appear in this movie was yeah. like, I wasn't expecting that. Like, even that alone, just the the cameo of, hey, I'm here. Like, because I think of, um, what was it? World Rihanna was, it wasn't You Got Served, was it? It was some dancing movie that came out when I was in high school. And Rihanna was like, played as herself as the guest judge that's what it kind of harkened back to for me is when you would have moesha and drew hill would show mm-hmm. up at a concert mm-hmm. you know as themselves so i enjoyed that even though remy ma didn't perform but she played herself and she was just there in the movie so music yes so i'm saying yes i enjoyed the music. well yeah I, I liked it i like that part because you know when you talk about music and black culture mm-hmm. it's hand in hand and and music is an entree to everything about our culture like our lingo our dance mm-hmm. our fashion and the other thing is Remy Ma is a bad lady 
Oh what God. she is, what she is not, is a size two. <clears throat> so I Man, also <laughs> appreciate that yeah. we had Miss Thickums and the <laughs> reference to Carmen Jones. They made that change from what the perfect fine was in the book, and you know, to the movies where they had people recreate black cinema. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that change? I thought that was great. I thought that was a mm-hmm. wonderful change um, because you still have both. You have the book and you have the movie. Mm-hmm. And that incorporated a lot of Eric in a way that made sense. It's mm-hmm. not him just shooting a pretty video. Like you're doing a thing that it's a great product, but it's the baby of your two um, passions. And I don't know. I think that was a perfect change to make. That was perfect. Because again, I feel like you can see this and not have read the book and still recognize, oh, this makes so much sense. Even if they did what they did in the book, it still would have been made sense and been cute. But like for the changes that they made with this movie, I like that. Even seeing Numa in there, to me, it's like reading the title of a book inside the book. I get excited when I see that. So to even see... I didn't think that I recognized Numa, but I did recognize Tia Williams in the book. I mean, in the movie. And I didn't. <laughs> so I see, look at us, right? Both of us are drinking. Uh, so when it comes to black cinema and fashion, mm-hmm. bitch, if we don't talk about mahogany mm-hmm. and that fashion shoot, mm-hmm. With the lady yeah. with the bun, that was her. That was Tia Williams. Oh. She had the mahogany Diana Ross fashion shoot. Duh, duh. Oh my god, who am I? <laughs> no, I, but you know, we were talking about archiving black culture and mm-hmm. how important this book was because it was a archive of 2012, right? But mm-hmm. you're going to have youth who's going to look at that and not know about the brilliance of Diana Ross and Billy D. Williams and Mahogany. Mm-hmm. And have somebody put them on. You know, so I appreciate... You talk about Black and Sexy mm-hmm. and and our film, the, the highlights, like the Nina Mae McKinney reference, sure, but talking about, yo, we have Black cinema that people don't really know about mm-hmm. because it's so obscure. So they do talk about Hell's a Poppin', right? I mean, the fact that, and of course, Dorothy Dandridge and Carmen Jones, mm-hmm. and these things matter. And I wish that we had more context for um, the the gamma ray scene with Tisha Cameron, Jasmine mm-hmm. Guy for school days. It was like it was a throwaway scene for is was it Winnie Harlow? Don't believe so. To see like, ooh, y'all fucking. Mm-hmm. And I'ma tell your mama. Which <laughs> that again, the rip so oh my god. Yeah, I'm I'm a fan of this movie. The more we talk it out, I'm even my critiques, I'm still what I'm recommending this down. Mm-hmm. Um oh my god, yeah. Because a lot of times when you cast someone for a film or a project, especially if they're well known, you're like, mm, have you seen Scream 6? No. Not the New York one. Okay. Mm, okay. Maybe that's not. You can ruin it. Just tell a spoiler. 
Uh, yeah, spoilers. There's. I'll I'll just say this. One of the killers who was cast, the movies that they've been in prior to, Mm -hmm. makes you think that they're not the killer. And I'm like, when you capitalize on like, like if I cast, I don't know, Carrie Washington or something, but she turns Mm -hmm. out to be the villain, that's going to kind of maybe mess you up because you go into it, think it's Kerry Washington. She was Olivia Pope. She was, right. um, you know, she was this, she's always this good person. And mm-hmm. now for her to be the evil killer, it's like, oh, shoot. So I think that even with, like, casting Remy Ma, <laughs> though the, the part was a little smaller, casting Remy Ma, having things like, whatever they are, preconceived notions about what type of person she is, and then being in this film. And then even having Willie Winnie Harlow in this film, where I have not seen many people in movies and tv who had vitiligo and who were even um had albinism so even to see her in here and yes she's a model in real life and yes she's Mm -hmm. beautiful whatever else Mm -hmm. but to have this one central location to both get this representation in someone with vitiligo who's not treated as a i don't know something to gawk at and she's mm-hmm. this beautiful model. And then you also have this Remy Ma who, if you're into the Stan Wars, you're into the Nikki and Cardi and all this other stuff, like you're seeing a side of Remy Ma that you are not seeing normally. And then you also have, like you said, the inclusion of all of these black films that even if you mm-hmm. don't know, once you find out and you realize that what the reference is, you're more than likely going to have to look it up on your own. And then mm-hmm. you're having uh, Numa, who is a black woman and you look into her and then you might find a black and sexy tv that opens you up to so much more and mm-hmm. then even uh gabrielle union yeah i i'm so old that <laughs> sometimes i make mention of stuff and i have people younger than me like what the hell are you talking about like mm-hmm. oh yeah you weren't also a child in 92 so mm-hmm. like you're not going to get this reference but like oh she's not just zaya wade's mother she's also this person so i just this Mm -hmm. movie being like this nexus point of like so much black stuff and Mm -hmm. it's presented in this pretty sheen that even though i might have critiques about it because of that like independently on its own it's a beautiful movie that folds in so much black culture that it is ridiculous so yeah and you know what you just made me think about the fact that i could easily write a syllabus hmm Mm. Based on the based on these obscure references and Easter yeah. eggs, yes, I I mm. definitely could, and for that alone, like you said, you gotta applaud it. Mm-hmm. Um, separate from the book and saying the comparison, which I will ask you about a little bit later, mm-hmm. it's just the movie alone. If this is what your access point is, like we talked about in the beginning, some people will only have access to the movie. Mm-hmm. Can you sit down and enjoy it? Yeah. Even if you don't enjoy it, will you walk away with something? You yeah. may walk away with Remy Ma. And let me also say something else about, you know, like the Carmen Jones reference I was going to say. Remy Ma was incarcerated. Yes. And for her to be out and in this soft, well, I, I'm yeah. saying soft role, but not mm-hmm. really, because if you know Carmen <laughs> Jones, she yeah. was a big scent. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but to still, present her in a feminine way mm-hmm. to present her in a way that she's desirable and in that scene that softness of her it makes it really hard for you to just write her off as a convict mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. as well. You know, so yeah. I appreciated that normalizing different people in, in our community and the history of it and saying like, you know, bringing forth that we, that those references is really time is a flat circle. Mm-hmm. And I really do appreciate that in queerness. And, and we had trans representation too oh. with Yes, Madison. Yes. Yes. That I'm, uh, I'm so grateful for this. Like this, mm-hmm. T.S. Madison has done so much on her own. And then even mm-hmm. getting to the point where you're featured on Beyonce's biggest album and you're right. in projects like this. And mm-hmm. even though she isn't included, um, Amaya Scott, who was from um, Star, uh-huh. um, having these visible black trans actresses, Laverne mm-hmm. Cox, like seeing, I'm just very grateful because there's someone who hold particular beliefs and views that may just be because that's how you were raised or you just have it subconsciously and a lot of what you see in just news period comes down to like how are these black people be they victims or villains how are they portrayed in the media versus their white counterparts who are victims or villains you always see the the beautiful headshot of the family, even if that white man killed that family. But mm-hmm. when it comes to black folks, be you the victim or the villain, it's always the worst Polaroid from 1993. You know, so seeing in this role, T.S. Madison just be this old woman with a peacock <laughs> named Taraji who can make you laugh. And I'm sure someone will find out, I don't know, a year from now that that's a transgender woman then now the visibility of specifically and i stress this black trans women because we know the rate of murder for black women period and black trans women is extremely high and not always sought after like their white counterparts when it comes to finding out who did what and why and so to see them in these spaces where they're just a part of the cast this is not a very special trans episode this is just T.S. Madison playing this old lady who then broke her foot or whatever happened to her. She was just crazy. She was weird. Um, it makes me hopeful. It makes me so hopeful. I'm not trans. I don't have any trans experience, but I can't do what I do and tell myself that I am here to um, discuss representation in media and not highlight or focus on the fact that however short of the scene, because I want to throw that in too, because, you mm-hmm. know, some folks might say, oh, well, she wasn't in there long. She was in there. Her name mm-hmm. is in the credits. IMDb is, is there. And so to have T.S. Madison and also a trans woman who doesn't have a particular body. This mm-hmm. is a big girl. T.S. Madison got some big old titties. That's a big girl. She ain't no. <laughs> she not ain't the no, sick old bitties. Not, like, not, not the big old sick old bitties. Yeah, that, that one. <laughs> she has. That's a big girl. So again, I just think that this movie this is very different. And I still think indie guerrilla style shot films on your phone and in your backyard are legitimate. Mm-hmm. But I think that this movie and the issues I have with it, like it being so polished and so different from the book lends itself to making a lot of this stuff valid. You can't watch this movie and say, you love Gabrielle, you and her performance and oh, Remy Ma was so beautiful. And, um, Oh, look at Winnie Harlow and you, and not also include T.S. Madison in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Lala was beautiful, yes. Numa was great. Um, Janet Hubert was awesome, but you have to also include T.S. Madison in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I am I'm I'm grateful to the movie for that. So mm-hmm. 
And also I mean, sex work, having Carlita in there and not that being not being the butt of a joke. The joke jungle was how pussy. Was getting, huh? Jungle. Her name is Jungle Pussy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. That I was like, they in the book handled it well. I think as well. So, but like even having that, you got a sex worker in here. You have this trans woman. You have this person with vitiligo. You got like you got all these different. Because that's what we are. Everybody got a cousin that mm-hmm. might do some shady stuff. Everybody probably got an uncle or or older cousin who might be a cop. Everybody got one cousin who might like this. Yeah, so I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> In the rush, wanting this to be all things to everybody because we don't have enough, I think. Mm. Mm, okay. I think made it difficult in some ways because even though you gave us everything in the kitchen, say almost mm. everything, we didn't have a, <laughs> a person who uses a wheelchair, I don't yeah. think. But also almost everybody, mm-hmm. what it still wasn't enough, right? We, right. we, we still not satisfied. <laughs> and it's like, what well, now? Why aren't y'all satisfied again? <laughs> because I still yeah. felt like it was rushed. Yeah. And 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 when I come for a rom-com, let me stop. When I come from a romance, because they, they had comedy down, mm-hmm. what I want is to believe in the happily ever after. I want to believe that no matter the obstacles, that these two people are destined to be together and will make it work. And the biggest obstacle they had was the age. Right. Mm-hmm. So then so you need to show me why and how this age gap is not an obstacle because they're of equal yoke. Mm-hmm. You gotta show me that. You gotta yeah. show me the attraction. So let's say that they're not destined to be married, right? But mm-hmm. they can't stop fucking. <laughs> you gotta show me that attraction. Mm-hmm. Right, I didn't really feel it or get it, and and that's what I wanted. Sometimes, what I'm like, girl, because you know, like we all joked about Keith saying so as Eric saying to Gabrielle as Jenna on a bridge, like I want to ruin you, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I giggled because I was like, do you have it? I mean, can you? <laughs> no, yeah, I. Yeah. The only time I almost felt like that was that first interaction, that first kiss at that party. I was like, "Oh, okay, I mm-hmm. see where we're going." Let's, mm-hmm. but yeah, they they didn't they didn't bring it for me. It was it was pretty safe. After they had sex, which I felt was rushed too. Mm-hmm. Um, then I appreciated the vulnerability of her being topless and him sitting and them just discussing things, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> that still wasn't enough to have me believe that they'll be together in five years. Yeah, I agree. And with that scene, wasn't that in the daytime that they were in the bed? Mm-hmm. I didn't well, that was like enough that. light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It felt like with, with me watching Black and Sexy TV and Justin Simeon, who did Dear White People, he's mm-hmm. he's in that same camp too. Black Sex TV, him and Issa Rae and some other folks from back then, they have done scenes, sex scenes that because they were on YouTube, of course you had you couldn't be just full frontal, but they have done scenes 
on their YouTube stuff that just felt sexier than that. That felt mm-hmm. like, oh, let me climb in the bed with them because they're not mm-hmm. about to have this type of sex in front of me and I'm not there. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they've 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 presented even in the aftermath stuff that and, and I could see hints of it in that scene, but I was like, mm, y'all, first of all, yo Bob is still intact. Why is this hair not all over your head? Like you gotta mm-hmm. do something different. Y'all didn't do enough. <laughs> Go back and try again. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't know. It's just it's a beautiful movie. Is there any other scene that you want to talk about before we get to the end? Um, they all went so fast. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm like, the only thing that kind of felt something was them at the park for that costume birthday party. That was kind of May May's obsession yeah, with the afterlife. Uh, yeah, she's her yeah. little Wednesday Adam self. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh well, actually, yeah, that last scene where they were fucking in his house. Yeah. That- I didn't again. That's one of the scenes that felt like is this a Wes Anderson film? That is just a beautiful film. I didn't like that. It feels like the movie is like a beautiful new adult Harry Potter type of like the film looks one way, but the content is different. It doesn't feel like this should be a rom-com that i'm looking at like if i just have this playing in the background i don't know it just does not fit to me the aesthetic and the content feel like they're they're at odds with each other that's interesting when i think of wes anderson i think of like the tenenbaums i I just have this white people in red sweatsuit Mm -hmm. visual but i can't say that i have watched enough of his films to understand for sure what you mean by that Okay. No, because it's not even like I haven't even like. I think because there is this, um, like, there's this one YouTuber who he he just discusses film, and he did a video. What if Wes Anderson did the X Men movies? And oh. it's just the, and it's a it's a short. It's probably I don't know, maybe like four minutes. Even having not seen a Wes Anderson film, it's the way that those shots are set up, like the symmetry, the color blocking. Um, there's usually not many like angled shots and if so it's specifically to call attention to something and there it's it's just the look and there's probably a black director or someone else who i could reference but there's just something about and it may not even be that it's wes anderson i think it's because it's really with the sets like the all pink room in darzine the way that um oh, you have see. like the okay. teal and mm-hmm. the golds that's in the lobby, the twins mm. being symmetrical, both on each equal size of the frame, wearing the same outfit color. Like it's a lot of that is just the symmetry. That that's what it was down to. But oh, it, I understand now. Mm-hmm. Well, because I can tell you with that scene that I didn't like mm-hmm. was the fact that Jenna didn't respect Darcy. Oh, yes. And, I'm gonna come mm-hmm. like yeah, he's he's ignoring me. I'm gonna pop up at his house. Which yeah. And then yeah. I'm going to have sex on Darcy's good sofa. Mm-hmm. Cause that was a good sofa. <laughs> and full of you, it's a lack of respect. And then you know, when she was caught, when they were caught, and the mom is like, hush. The grown women are talking. Mm-hmm. It's because it's like that was a teenage behavior thing. Like this is mm-hmm. this is a useful indiscretion, right? But at your big age, 
should have respected me enough not to come to my house mm-hmm. and, and pull some middle school, high school, sneaking around shit. I'm going to treat you like a grown woman and have you answer for your actions. You be quiet because the grown women are talking. Mm-hmm. You tell me, you came to me for a job as a grown woman. We've had conversations as grown women. Now you explain to me as a grown woman why you felt like this shit was acceptable. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I am. I'm with you there wholeheartedly because I was mad at both of them. Yeah. Got mad at him for not just standing up for her. I'm like, but both of y'all in the room, like y'all both are stupid. Both of you. You know, so yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. You're in my house. You didn't think I was going to be here? Well, I have a key. I paid the rent. Also, he met her at the door. Like, you don't think that people are going to tell me that somebody's coming up to my apartment? A grown woman when, yes, he's grown, but I would assume their neighbors probably saw him grow up or at least nothing. Like, uh, do he got a call girl coming? Like, I, you know, it could be anything. Like, uh, come get this boy. So I don't know, man. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, like, you don't think that, I mean, I got a ring camera on my phone. Like, Darcy's book Darcy and movie Darcy mm-hmm. would strike me as a person to have a camera, <laughs> you know, so that I know who's ringing at my doorbell. Mm-hmm. I know who's dropping things off to my apartment. You don't yeah. think that I don't know? And I mean this not disrespectfully, right? <laughs> Did Darcy give you a room in the apartment or do you sleep on a couch out there? Mm. And asking that because like if that's your bedroom you know for lack of a better term because that's the only space you have mm-hmm. okay fine but if not y'all were that horny for each other that you couldn't even take it to your to his bedroom yeah you, it's like the desperation i just wanted better for them both and i acknowledge the change in the book you know because book darcy True. When she exposed them, Ooh, oh, dirty. you know what we ain't even gonna say is like, yo, read the book, <laughs> please, if you can. It was wild, and then we never heard from Darcy again. In yeah. the movie, it was like, I'm aware of your foolishness, and then I see it in my own eyes with my own eyes, and no, I can't deal with this. But when she became pregnant, don't know when that happened. But when she became pregnant, first of all, what did you think of her decision to tell Eric? And what did you think of his reaction? And then Mm. Darcy's reaction? Um, She, I'm glad she told him. Mm -hmm. I just think it could have been better. I think it could have been handled better than that. Because, like, for all the things I said about the book version, you've been through hell and back with sex with this boy and meeting in public i get that because you want to be safe because again we don't really know people know people so he could have went crazy we don't we don't know but i feel like there could have been a little bit more effort i don't know i don't know what else she could have done but just meeting at that diner and being like hey this is what it is i feel like she could have done that a little bit better but also like i'm about to have this baby so nigga, just letting you know um I'm glad his reaction wasn't, how oh, I even know it's mine. Because, again, that's, <laughs> you know, that's that's the go-to line when these mm-hmm. situations. Um, his reaction was a bit much. But I think for him, I'm a little bit more accepting because 
Well, yes and no. You had sex. I don't care what age you are. Well, he's an adult. I'll say that. Starting from being an adult. You had sex. A baby is a uh, side effect of sex. Like, that is what our mm-hmm. bodies are trained to do or whatever. So, to get up in arms like that, I get the initial shot, but I do think he was right. He was like, well, I got, you got to give me some time to process this. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not mad at him so much. But I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like they both could have handled it better, but I'm not putting the blame on her. If I'm going to put blame on anyone, it would be him and his response. Because, like, yeah, it's unfortunate she coming at you with this baby, but you also had sex with her. Babies and STDs are like side effects of having sex. So you mm-hmm. got to, and we know you're good in that other department, because y'all neither one of y'all came to each other about that. So this is your other option. So I don't know. I'm. It was a inter- it was a interesting way to end it because it felt so removed from the rest of the mood of the rest of the film. Like it was so it was a terrible scene. Not terrible, like done poorly, but like this was sad. Um, mm-hmm. And having the mother, having Darcy talk to her. Um, I mean, my thing is, y'all the same age. Bitch, if you don't get out of my house with this shit, I'm like, I don't. So, I mean, cool. Darcy's like, here's the olive branch. We're family now, blah, blah, whatever. That's fine. But also, like, girl, we graduated the same year. Please move, move around. I was like, I'm not. I, what do you want, Darcy? Y'all, she's not hurting for money. She's not some 19 year old girl who just needs the love and support of her baby daddy's family. Like, I don't think that was necessary. I didn't really care. I mean, it was a beautiful story. This would so-and-so did, and I'm not going to repeat history, blah, blah, whatever. But out of all of them, I was like, I don't, Darcy, so what? <laughs> like, so what? So I don't know. I just didn't care. I didn't like it. Mm. Let me tell you why I didn't like it. Mm. Because leading up to the scene was that scene that we said was like wildly disrespectful, which was Eric ignoring her. Mm-hmm. Jenna with a desperation move, mm-hmm. rolling up on him, them having sex out in the open, disrespecting Darcy's house, Darcy mm-hmm. calling them out and firing them both. Mm-hmm. And then next thing we know, she's pregnant. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And she tells him after he got sunned, is like, shut up, boy. The grown women are talking. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. like, there's really nothing for me to say here. Because you are two grown women who relate to each other on a different level, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you allow my mama to carry me like that, too. So it's like, you're looking at me to stand up to my mama, but where was you when she said yeah. the two grown women are talking? You didn't say, mm-hmm. like, you know, listen, and this were equal. I acknowledge yeah. our age difference, but we were both equal and active participants. So mm-hmm. both of us need to have this conversation. You didn't say anything either. And then, so you allowed his mama to put him in time out in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then you moved on with your life and then popped back up pregnant, right? Like, what did you want from him? Because didn't you just put me in time out? Mm-hmm. Okay. His response wasn't the best, but it was honest. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a response people thought the book Eric was going to have when mm-hmm. she just popped up mm-hmm. two years with like, Yo, what the fuck? You know, and and instead he was immediately accepting. And then she tells him in advance in the movie and he blows up. And it's like, that's interesting, but he didn't have an opportunity to blow up 
all those months ago, right? Mm-hmm. So now was his opportunity. And, you know, I was like, all right, I need some time. So then who shows up? It should have been His him. mother. <laughs> Her too. You know, mm-hmm. like, but his mother, where isn't the issue the fact that she said, again, how was it handled? Two grown women were talking mm-hmm. over him. At this point, did you need to tell him at all? Or should you mm. have just gone to Darcy? Yeah, because at this point, y'all the parents. Exactly. And that's so, why I'm like, wait. You know, so that's why I didn't really like it in terms of me believing that yeah. this can be a couple yeah. and, and raising this child together. And then all of that aside, I appreciated the fact that she was like, no generational curses. I don't care what I feel about you. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you dis- dis- disrespected and defiled my sofa. <laughs> We're not going to have no generational curses. And then she's like, and I'm going to make Eric get it together. Excuse me? But uh, see, Eric yeah. needed to get it together because he wanted to get it together and he mm-hmm. wanted to be there for his child. So then even at the end where they had that premiere and you know that they announced their relationship fully, I didn't buy it because I'm like, are you guys really together or is this some attempt to save phase or is this publicity? Mm-hmm. What is this? A spin. It's a spin. So like, mm-hmm. okay, so we're spinning a story. That does not mean that, oh, he's my perfect fine. Girl, the perfect fine is your baby, I guess, or the fa- or yourself <laughs> or because you had growth. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't feel like my perfect fine was Eric. Girl, if you don't get out of here with that shit, yeah. you know. So, th- so that's why I was like, man, I really wanted the end to sell me on him being a strong man couple for Jenna, like everything she needed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get that. It's my mama said I had to take you. So come on, girl. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's weird. I don't think Darcy should have even showed up at her house. Like, maybe do that same scene on the couch, but with him and her being pregnant, talking to Darcy. Right. But, yeah, her showing up, I was like, this is dumb. You fired me and we the same age. I can fight you. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of my house. Like, I didn't like that. Yeah, that, so I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. It, and that also speaks to the fact that it was like, I read that article. I think I may have said it. Wine, mine. Uh, mm-hmm. Excuse me. But the reason why they changed the ending was because a lot of people for the book were 50-50 on that ending. Some mm-hmm. people hated the fact that uh, she had a baby and didn't tell him. Some people were fine with it. Mm-hmm. So because of that, Numa purposely said like, we had her tell him we changed the ending because we didn't want people to hate her. Yeah. And that was a reason why some people hated her. And I'm like, that's fine. But you also didn't give Eric agency mm-hmm. to say, I'm choosing her. Either. Yeah. You had his mama say, I'll make him. No, because even if you took that line out, you can still have that same conversation. Right. Like, I don't give. I don't know what the fuck y'all doing, but when you had that baby, just know I'm here. Yeah, that's the part that's more concerning because it would even make more sense. Scrap that all together. Give me Eric and Tim having a conversation, mm. and Tim telling him, "Man, you 
can't run out on this baby, even if y'all ain't together. You know, like that that to me would have been more impactful because now it's this peer. It's not authority figure. It's this peer right. telling him like you love her. You can't let y'all bullshit get, you know, or think about your dad, your relationship with him. Like that would have been more impactful. I don't because Jenna Gabrielle is already the main character. Yeah, it's both of them, but she's the main character. Mm-hmm. He's the second lead. Like, mm-hmm. give me that scene of him, Carlotta, and Tim playing video games in the bedroom. That's fine, but we could have got more of him and him and Tim together. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Besides, yeah, the video games mm-hmm. and um, the dinner party they showed him a little like when they were doing the filming. Yeah. I will say that what I wanted to have happen is because we saw that he moved into his own place mm-hmm. was for, for him to flip the script on Jenna and his mother, where they yeah. were like, shut up two grown women are talking mm. was for him to be like, I'm talking. And mm-hmm. you two will listen. And for him to say to his mother, the generational curse will not repeat itself. You mm-hmm. will accept this baby. You mm-hmm. get it together. Come on. Like, regardless if we're together, this is your grandchild and mm-hmm. you will be a part of its life. Something like mm-hmm. that, where I understand that I may be young, but understand that I'm still, that I'm a man. Yeah. And I am going to take my responsibility seriously, regardless if Jenna and I are a couple. This mm-hmm. is my child. This is your grandchild. Y'all are going to get in line. Y'all will get it together and respect mm-hmm. me as this child's father. Something. And that's where it all of the beautiful aesthetics and, you know, like where we're saying, we keep saying, like, we did like it. You know, we don't want you to think that we don't like it. We're not telling you not to watch it. But it had an opportunity for me to end on a hopeful note or a sexy note or something. And this is where it went, womp, womp. So that when Mm. I walk away with it, I find myself reiterating and forcing, like, no, 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 still watch it. Here is this feedback because we do appreciate all of the work and the artistry that went into it. But this is how it landed on us. And we would like to see more romance films with all of the sub genres. So romantic mm-hmm. comedy, romantic dramas, romantic fantasy, you know, whatever. Just Black people being loved on with each other romantically. Because we get yeah. community love and stuff like that. But I'm always down for a Black woman being loved on and bonus points and yay! And just, and my preference is for her to be loved on by a Black man. Yes. And not in all of it. So mm-hmm. I don't just want to see like the perfect Black people where um, like they are both professionals or the struggle love. Like I want to see every aspect of it because we are diverse. I want to see as diverse of love as we are people. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oof. And that includes, as you were saying, people with vitiligo, people mm-hmm. who are, who are using arm braces or mm-hmm. wheelchair users or, and trans people and it not being a thing yeah. either. It's just like, oh, yeah, 
here's people and they're in love or they're working their way towards love and we're going on a journey with these people the <laughs> right. end right right that's what i want so those are my final thoughts what are your final thoughts of the movie um they numa did a good job um i think you can't please everyone even if i'm one of the people you can't please. <laughs> i think you can't please everyone and i think she did a good job um reinterpreting the source material and i like that there are two versions of this story mm -hmm. so you can always you can find something if not in one the other and hopefully in both um well one question i have is mm -hmm. when we get seven days in june are we getting gabrielle and keith in there too like that's what i want to know or are they gonna cut that out all together because i want to see if they're gonna do a little mcu crossover but no i would all, love it I, I hope so. Um, I think it was a good movie. I'm happy for everyone involved. There's so many different types of people. I'm happy that it exists because now it's there and the internet is forever. So, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now, maybe there'll be a remake. Maybe there's extended universe or what. But um, I'm happy it exists. And even though I had the critiques about the way it looked versus how I saw it as the book, I do like that polished, almost like candy cane type aesthetic. And I would like to see more projects done in that vein that are black. Mm -hmm. So I'm um I, I enjoyed it. And I say watch it. If you haven't, watch it with an open mind. Even if you don't like it, I would like to know if it's a well done movie to you. Because I feel like you can't deny that. It's done from start to finish. It was a decent script decent casting decent acting like overall just a just a fun fun little rom-com to um get high or get drunk and watch with your friends or your lover yeah now i do have one question for you oh what's that if you have access to both mm -hmm. the book or the movie which one would you recommend first ah uh, okay now that i've consumed them both I would probably say the movie because mm -hmm. I feel like whichever one you watch, you're going to get something different than what you expect in the other one. But because the movie is quicker, you can soak it in a little bit faster. And when reading the book, you'll already have these people's faces in your mind. I think I would say watch the movie first. And then I would recommend reading the physical book with the audiobook playing. Oh, I think that's right. what I would recommend. Like, just yeah, I would say movie first. Well, that's gonna be the final word. Rain. <laughs> now that Twitter is Ugh. the apocalypse, um, yes. if people want to speak with you respectfully, as <laughs> as folk who listen do, mm -hmm. um, uh, to you about this book or anything else, where mm -hmm. can they find you now? Um, I think probably TikTok would be the most immediate way. Um, if you're on the app, uh, Carefree Blurred, uh, well, I guess it'd be more appropriate for my author channel, reading, writing, rank. I don't know, either one, but TikTok and maybe YouTube. I'm on Instagram as well, Carefree Blurred. Email is always most immediate, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. But other than that, it's really just TikTok and YouTube is where I spend most of my time. I throw in some Instagram and Twitter to kind of round it out. But yeah, <laughs> so hit me up on there, TikTok and YouTube. All right. Holla at your boy. Okay. So <laughs> for 
you know what what up lady d and for rain this is lady h and we're signing off bye mm -hmm.